What's new, listeners? I'm Audra Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to mood for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're breaking down The Spanish Love Deception, the 2021 contemporary romance novel by debut author Alina Armas. Hanging out with me as a guest for that discussion is Twari, who lays out the fresh and juicy details on pop culture, lovely news, reality TV, and all that jazz on her podcast, Ready to be Petty. Thanks a ton for coming on here, Twari. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive into this novel and yeah, okay. just talk all about the juicy details of this book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and also because you're a romance reader as well and just has just was on your TV pile. Yes, it was, which it was so nice that you suggested this one. So I started reading romance kind of in the pandemic. So like over the last year or two mm -hmm. and i have already like a list of like 50 books that i want to read or more and i've been trying to work through the list but i keep adding more and this was like like i think number five on my my list so i was re really stoked to read it yes i know it's, it's our TBR piles, I mean, everyone always says this, they're just, they're just so high, they're teetering. And even for me, I, I mean, I have tons and tons of books. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit daunting sometimes because, like, I'm on book TikTok and book Twitter and stuff. And mm -hmm. I just, yes. like, the recommendations keep coming. And obviously, I love it. I'm never without something to read. But, yeah, it's a little yes. bit daunting. I know. I'm, on book, I'm on book Twitter as well. Not book talk. I don't have the TikTok. Yeah, but book should definitely. A, you should, but it is addictive. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe spare yourself, honestly. I know it's funny. I was actually talking about this with guests from the last episode, from the previous episode, and they were amazed that I wasn't on TikTok, and they were actually making like TikTok noises, and they were joking about how they could have fooled me into thinking that they're making a bunch of sounds from TikTok, but actually they could have just been making all these fake sounds. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> And, and and yeah, I, I, I'm also a huge romance fan as well, and the Spanish Love Deception has been on my TPL pile for a while as well. It's been huge on, yeah, like Book Talk and Bookstagram yeah. and Book Twitter. And now let's just, you know, let's get into it. So, and, and Tori, so now what are your thoughts and feelings on the Spanish Love Deception by Alina Amis? Yes. Okay. So, I feel like I'm going to be critical. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be. I, so, okay. First, I should start. It was a really fun, easy read. Mm -hmm. Like, I I do recommend it. I think it's a really cute book. Um, but I feel like I have some things that I, I want to be a little bit petty about. That's my brand. So, I have to have to bring those things. But, um. Yeah, generally, I like really liked all the characters, um, Catalina and Aaron, and you know, the story is fun. And I really like the author. I think she's really like detailed um, and, you know, paints a, a beautiful picture of like Spain and like New York and all of that stuff. Um, and I liked some of the um, topics that the book touched on for sure. Um, but I do have some qualms. I will say that. I, I have some things I want to say. I want to get off my chest. <laughs> well, so are you able are you able to save them without getting into spoilers? Or would you rather save them for the uh, spoilery plot breakdown? 
Um, okay, I will... S- I, okay, the, the first thing I'll say that isn't super spoilery is I really did enjoy um, how the author touched on gender dynamics at work. Like, uh, Catalina yes. is an engineer and works in, like, a male-dominated okay. field. Yeah, engineering consulting firm, and a lot, a lot of the other managers are just kind of, like, you know, dismissive of her. Yes, I liked that, but then I have some like more intricate details I'll save for the plot breakdown. Okay. And then okay. the other thing that I just was like a little bit cringe at was just how many romance novel tropes were in this book. Oh, yeah, it was very tropey, yes. It yeah. was very tropey because I was like, oh, the first thing off the bat is like enemies to lovers, right? And I'm like, okay, I can work with that. Like, that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then they, then there's a fake dating situation. <laughs> then there's a broken bed. Then there's like yes. this mis- miscommunication. And I was just like, uh, like, we could have we could have stuck to like one or two of those. So I think that that was kind of like the things that I was like kind of just – rolling my eyes out a little bit but loved the sex scenes i loved all the build up to Mm -hmm. their um get together i liked the spanish i'm a spanish learner so that was really fun to um have spanish included in the book so yeah overall really liked it but yeah just some nitpicky stuff that i want to get into (laughs) okay okay and as for me and okay okay so so for our listeners who don't know about Spanish love deception, it is a romance that does, like, like you were saying, Tori, it does rely heavily on fake dating and enemies lovers trope. It heads off to Spain. Although, okay, so here's the thing. I also am definitely, I, I definitely enjoyed the book a lot as well. But just to get this one thing out of the way, one of the, one of the problems I did have with the Spanish love deception is that I felt like the pacing was janky. Because of the the whole like first act of the book takes place takes place in New York City, and then Catalina and Aaron fly off to Spain, and I just felt like this whole first act in New York was just really like a slog to get through. And I'm just like, okay, when are we gonna rush off to Spain? Because once they get yeah. once they get to Spain, then I'm like, okay, now I'm fully on board. Now the fun is starting. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You're right, because I was like, and again, we'll get to this put in the plot breakdown, but like, mm-hmm. even just like the the date that they go on in New York, that's like set up like the charity event. I was like, did we need this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. I guess it's the the it's Aaron's half of the deal, but like, yeah, I know. It's just yeah. I felt like I, I was like, okay, just this. I feel like this whole this scene could kind of work, but maybe if it took place in Spain, or I feel like this could have worked in a different rom-com that doesn't go off to Spain, where the whole thing is just in one location. Yeah, especially because you're right, the title is Spanish Love Deception, and the deception part is that they are faking, fake dating in front of Catalina's family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that there needed to be some catalyst for her to offer for or for like Aaron to, to be go here to, to be her fake dates. Yeah, but like because, I don't know. Because her ex because because her ex because her ex is gonna be at the wedding. Yeah. And yeah. She's gonna be sort of groomsman. But yeah. I feel like yeah, this whole first act again could have been just sped up. Especially because this whole book 
what is typical it's longer than a typical rom-com okay arthur i literally died so i was like you know romance novels i feel like the classic one is you know like 400 pages or whatever so i'm like i can usually read that in about four days 100 pages a day so um you know we we scheduled this a few weeks ago bought the book and then I was like, okay, I'll start it. I didn't get to it till like Wednesday. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. whip off the 400 pages. It was like sometime Friday night where I like cracked it open. I was like, I'm 400 pages in and I still have 350 pages to go. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be reading all weekend. But I I read on Saturday and then I, I finished it today because I was like, I need to wow. be like prepared. But it was just so funny. I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm only halfway through. Usually I'd be done. <laughs> I know because when, when I put, I, when I first got this too in my in my digital library, I did look at these page counts and I had the same reaction as you. I was like, oh no, this is really long. So, yeah. I, just, so I was like, okay, I just know I have to start this early and I ended up finishing it just a few days ago. But I was like, okay, yeah. I got to start this early. I can't let this wait until like three days before the podcast. Literally, I was like, is this the Harry Potter book? Because <laughs> like, I read it on um, like a Kindle. So you can't tell the size of the book unless you look at the page numbers. And I just didn't. Mm-hmm. So yep. it was like a shock. If I got it from my library, like it would have been like this thick. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I, 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 I just really, I had a lot of fun with this book. And like you've been saying, so, so I, I like the characterizations of Catalina Martin and Aaron Blackford. And I was into the chemistry between them and the way the romance progresses and building up towards the ending. And uh, I, I just, and, 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 and there was definitely, definitely a lot of good moments, I would say, particularly with Aaron and how he was such a, a grump, a, a, a grumpy sunshine. That's also yes. another joke. Yes, you're so right. You're so and and um ill parent. I don't know if that's two plot. Uh, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll actually okay. be I'll actually be saying that in the trigger warnings. Actually. Okay. So. Okay. But yes, one hundred percent. Like and toss in the the dying parent too. But you're right. It was a a sunshine and grump uh, novel too. So it it was really just every every little thing you could think of put in and did you say it was the author's debut novel uh yes and she's actually coming out with a standalone sequel to this called the american roommate experiments and that will have rosie and uh and and lucas together oh okay well i'll definitely read that but i like this sounds shady and i totally don't mean it to but i feel like you can tell this is a first novel with just some of the like leaning on some of the tropes a little bit and yeah not to sound shady at all i again think it was a great book i thought it was well written generally but sure yeah i mean yeah yeah i think there's definitely i think a lot of times when you read when you do read an author's work and you can't tell that it was like even the first novel, even if it's generally good, you can tell there are some rough patches. I think especially once you take that first novel and compare it to the later work where it's more polished, you've had more time to refine your writing style. Exactly. So, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Generally really enjoyed the book. And oh, and then as you were saying before, the way you use Spanish, I actually, I appreciated that as well. And I like, I like how there were, there were some times when 
the characters were taught in Spanish, and then maybe there would be like a, a translation to go along with this. But I did, I, I like the, I, I like the parts where sometimes they're just talking Spanish and it wasn't translated for me. Like you could, you could understand what they're saying from the context, but you didn't get like yes. the direct words. Yes, I'm so glad you men- mentioned this. I recently read a book that um, took place in Mexico. It was a romance novel. I think it was called Violent Delights or something like that. It was um, a three-part trilogy, and they spoke in Spanish a lot, but then they had basically, yeah, like the direct translation right afterwards, or the character would like explain it then in English, and it just kind of took you out of it, and I totally get that it's like, if your audience are English speakers, like that's what you have to do. But I really liked that. And they used some Spanish slang that I didn't know or some like, not catchphrases, but um, uh, idioms that I didn't understand. And I just like looked them up, but I like that. Cause you're right. You can tell what they're saying with the context. You don't need to know the Spanish to continue to read it. But mm-hmm. I like that it didn't take you out of it. Whereas like when I was reading this other one and they would have the direct translation, I would be like, I am literally just like basically reading this paragraph twice because you're saying it in Spanish and then you're just repeating it in English. So yeah, I really liked it. I thought that was, that was well done. And and this also happened actually in uh, the West Side Story and the new new one where also they would talk in Spanish at times, but again, it's not like there was no trans. There wasn't really a translation, but I could still understand the context. But I think that also adds an extra layer for people who are watching the movie and they're like, if they can speak Spanish, that adds an extra layer for them to interpret the movie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right. And okay, so those are are our thoughts and feelings on the Spanish love deception. And now let's uh, get down to the wind-up scores. So again, this is... Uh, zero, going, ranging from zero to 100. And uh, Tori, what is your wind-up score for the Spanish love deception? I think I'm going to give it like a 70. That's 70. what I'm feeling in my heart of hearts. Because, yes, I I really enjoyed reading it. I thought it was like a light. It's a good beach read, like a good summer read to take to the to the beach or to lay in some grass or something and read. Um, but, yeah, I definitely agree with you some of the um the front half of the novel was hard to get through and um some of the tropes I feel like could have been left out and it would have just made it a more refined novel okay and as for me I'm actually gonna give this a 70 out of 100 as well Again, this was nice. again, again, you know, this was actually a pretty delightful rom com to read. I do think that, that, as I said before, the pacing did uh, dawdle in the beginning, and uh, and definitely, like you know, maybe there was some like you was like you were saying before, it def- it it definitely felt like a, a writer's first book at times, and I feel like it wasn't as it didn't have as much of the polish as other, you know, like fake dating and enemies lovers romances that I've read. You know, like so there's a kiss quotient. That's one of my favorite, like fake dating romances. Even just in general, the kiss quotient by Helen Wong is one of my favorite romances. Yes. Possibly yes. my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. I or, definitely concur. Or Red, White, and Royal Blue. That's, I feel like that's also a good uh, enemies lovers romance. 
Love that one. Yes. 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 That was something I read early on. Like when I was starting to get into romance, that was that was one of my first rom com reads. And you know, books like that. I feel like uh, I I like those books more, and from comparing them to TSLD. But TSLD is definitely has a lot of merits going for it. And again, I, I the more things about the book, like we'll we'll get into this in, in the breakdown. But I really loved how Aaron how acts of service were his love language in this. And it is funny though because there were points that I'm reading the stuff he does for Catalina, and it made it made like Mo and Christina from movies and raised us. It made their voices play in my head when they say like, "Ladies, a man will never." Yes. And I had that phrase in my head with some yes. of what Aaron did. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. K.A. Love Mo and Christina. And yes, yeah, yes. I completely agree. Sometimes I was just like, okay, he's like a little bit laying it on thick. Like, like, <laughs> like maybe this is like too much, like too thoughtful. But yeah, like, um, and we're we'll get we'll get to this, but like. Um, you're right. I do like when he explained, um, how much he liked working with her and like how he had been feeling like this for a while and stuff. And, and, you know, the things start to add up for Catalina that, that he's liked her and, um, yeah, then you can see like the acts of service, but some stuff I was like, um, too much of a well, I know it, there's a cinnamon roll show, but maybe it's a bit too cinnamon roll here. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, so those are one of sports now for the Spanish love deception. And uh, now we're gonna get into the spoiler re- uh, plot recap. And I will just say before we before we dive into that, I want to put out a few trigger warnings because there is depiction of misogyny, uh, a past teacher-student relationship that involved a college student who was over 18 and is prominently discussed in the present, uh, eating disorder, body shaming, alcohol, parental death, sexual harassment, panic attacks, and cancer. And now let's, so so those are the trigger warnings and now let's get into the plot recap. So again, listeners, if you haven't read this book, you, know, you may want to get on out of here, or if you have read this book, or you don't care about spoilers, then you can keep on listening. Yes. So the book starts off with uh, Aaron Blackford offering to be the date for the wedding that Catalina Martin will be attending, specifically her sister Isabel's wedding in Spain, where her ex-boyfriend Daniel will be the best man to his brother Gonzalo. And Aaron overheard her talking about a conundrum with her friend Rosie, who is she's also a coworker at Intech, the engineering consulting firm in NYC that they both work at. They, they, all, they all work at this, Catalina, Aaron, Rosie. And so, what, what what do you think about this like this opening here? I liked it. I so yeah, um, Catalina is kind of like divulging to Rosie her situation and. And like you can obviously just she's talking about um, like the the desperation and just the pressure, I guess, that she feels because, yeah, she um, her last boyfriend was six years ago. He's going to be at the wedding. Um, It ended poorly and she fled Spain to come to New York. So there's just a lot of, you know, kind of guilt, shame, embarrassment 
that she's feeling um, returning to Spain to go to um, the wedding and seeing him and obviously just kind of all of these pressures about like wanting to be successful and in a relationship and happy and you know make your parents proud and all of these things and I really felt that I think that that's super relatable so I like yes. that and then um, Aaron comes in and he's like I'll go with you and she's like what we like hate each other like why would you offer to go with me yeah because he's so silly at work and yeah he's and so, also, yeah. also we, we we should also say that there was so basically what started out kind of like this this enmity between them was that uh, Kathleen was late to a meeting that Aaron had hosted and it was right after he had started working at Intech and she was late and then she also ended up knocking over a coffee pitcher and spilling onto his his his, do his work dossiers and his and his pants. Yes. And yes. so apparently, from what we know, is that's why he's been having holding a grudge against her. At least from what we know, from what is apparent to Catalina. Yes, and so, but the like Rosie immediately like calls it out. Like, oh, I think that there's more under this like work tension mm -hmm. so i also thought that that was interesting that it's like called out right away that there's possibly more um but well, I, I find it interesting that yeah K kathleen she she doesn't pick up on the signals <laughs> coming from aaron it's like he is being so clear about his feelings for, for her and she's just so oblivious the whole time i know that part like at some point got a little bit frustrating to be honest because you're so right like so he like for example um it starts raining and she's stuck at the office and um he offers her a ride and she's like how could he ever like like why would he ever offer me a ride i'm like it's pouring rain like probably any colleague would and oh. and like also the friend who obviously knows both aaron and catalina like says says this and like she's just in such denial she mm -hmm. also calls him ocean eyes like in her head <laughs> when she's like describing him in meetings and stuff and i was like that is like the biggest like you should have been like I literally call him like that's a, that, a name like Ocean Eyes is what I would call like a celebrity crush. Yes, yes. In I know my it, head. It, 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 yeah, it, it has such a, it has such like a, a sappy, lovey dovey sound to it. And yes. but she is in denial the whole time. And it does kind of remind me of of love hypothesis, where I feel like Olive in that book, she does also have a kind of attitude and is oblivious also to her love interest feelings so i guess it's just kind of a thing that happens in books i i know i know but i feel like in the spanish love deception the obliviousness was much was more blatant yeah and it was like went on for a really long time like she only basically found out it was real when they almost kiss after they after the wedding cup and he's mm -hmm. like if I actually kissed you, I'd want it to be real. Mm -hmm. And yes. she was like, what? Like, how could this be? Like, when when it's real? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, because, okay, and I know we're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead. But like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. But some of the moves that he does, so it's like, he says yes to literally go to another country and attend a wedding with you. And then, like, he clearly like learns spanish for you and he 
like when she's giving him the rundown on the plane about all of her family members, he's like studying it. And I'm, and she like still doesn't get it. <laughs> like It's like, okay, like, like no, you need just... to wake up a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I almost wonder if maybe, I guess, I know, I know this could be realistic for people to act like this in real life, I suppose. And just be yeah. in denial the whole way through. Yes, but I wanted, I was like literally shaking my book like I wanted to shake Catalina's shoulders and just be like, wake up. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, and, and going back to the opening, I would say I, just first, I feel like maybe where one, where one of the rough patches happened, because I felt like the way the exposition was being conveyed, uh, it, it was basically Rosie and Aaron kind of echoing statements that had already been made in the conversation between Catalina and Rosie, which occurred like just before the book actually started. And I felt like, I, I felt like maybe the dialogue sounded kind of stilted because it was all being repeated in that manner. Yeah, it was like one of those conversations where everyone's in the room and it's like, well, can you tell Arthur that I'm going to do this and stuff? And it's like, okay, like it. Like, it's kind of cute, but, like, also this wouldn't happen when you're, like, I don't actually know their ages, but I'm assuming, like, late 20s in I think a so. I, 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 place. I, I remember, I think Catalina, was she, like, 28? I feel like, I, I, 28 is the number that comes into my mind for Catalina specifically. Yes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I was just like, eh, that's okay. But, like, I thought it, I did think it depicted their relationship really well but the relationship yes but when it yeah. comes to like the actual writing for the exposition dumping it was stilted yeah yeah and then and then and then yeah so lena, so lena needs a also she needs a fake boyfriend because she wants to keep up appearances for her family and we do learn it learn later on how her family basically they, they saw her as a being fragile after her breakup and kind of yeah. infantilizing her and she, and, that, and that also played a, a huge role in her fleeing Spain. But she didn't, she didn't want, to be, uh, want to be around that. She didn't want to be, you know, coddled like that. Totally. And, which I thought, was, I thought that was an interesting element. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it seemed like, again, she was, like, kind of the only person that's left maybe Spain or the community or whatever. And, um, yeah, she just wanted people to know that she can be all right that, yeah, that, yeah, that she can recover because forget, her family, yes. even her family is like, oh no, you, you poor, you know, you poor, poor baby, you don't, you're not gonna be able to find someone else. Yeah, and like now that we're talking it through, I'm kind of annoyed at that because it's like, I kind of wish the moral of the story was that she was all right alone. Like, I kind of wish that when they go to Spain, she tells her parents, like, yeah, I met Aaron. We started dating. But, like, before Aaron, I was all right. Like, I kind of wish that that was <laughs> the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think back on the book. I don't know if there's ever a point where it, where it comes up. No, it, it straight up doesn't. They're just like, oh, you did find someone. He's great. We're happy for you. But it's like, so you're only happy with her, like, successes of, like, in a partnership yeah like she, she, she yeah she, she needs to be in a relationship she needs to have someone standing alongside her yeah so i wish that 
yeah, that that was kind of added in. Now that we're talking that through, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she depicts yeah that she could, it's like to depict that it's okay for her to have a boyfriend, but at the same time, if she were to be alone, that would be a perfectly viable option. She's she's strong that way as well. Yeah, she's a free. Freaking engineer. She's living in one of the toughest cities to live in. She has a good friend. She like excels at her job, and she mm. moved away from her family. Which I know that. Like, I mean, that also in does itself have a complete life. In itself, like moving away from Spain to New York, that in itself is a it was a tough decision, and it takes yes. takes a lot of guts to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I know her dad and mom kind of do reflect on that. Um, during the like wedding rehearsal, but like, um, or like the, one of the meals they they have before the wedding. But yeah, I kind of just wish that there was more to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and then next week, and then next this is when we when we learn about the, the story I told about told before about Lena being late to work and spilling coffee on Aaron. And we also learned that she, she, she has all these little minute things, like whenever he goes into the room and he sees her there, like he'll check the time. Also, he moves the coffee pitchers out of her way. And specifically, yeah. was a, I remember it, it was like a quote, I remember there's a quote, was a warning tilt of his head in my direction. Yeah, like kind of with disdain. What did you think of that? Like, do you think that like that's a fun bit that he was doing? Like, is that him his way of like flirting, or like was that annoying? So <laughs> uh, for, for me, it was it was okay. I it, it was part of it was part of his grumpiness. I would say. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Also, yeah. I would say I'm getting I'm I would also say I'm getting more used to the to the to the grumpy trope, the grumpy sunshine trope, and just how the grumps do act. Again, True. I was like the love, the love hypothesis. Also, the grump in that is definitely a total grump. Yeah, one hundred percent. And or even like a Ted Lasso, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good reference. Yeah. What, what about you? What about you? How do you think about the grumpy uh, depiction of? of yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. It is just like classic grump behavior. Sometimes I'm like. I felt like Catalina felt really inadequate compared to Aaron a lot of the times. And I was like, maybe that's because he's like, yeah, like moving things out of her way. But I think, again, like if you look back on it, I think he just like was really putting like he's obviously a workaholic and he really put a lot into work. That was like his whole identity. Um, it is kind of a way of like that he's like kind of keeping tabs on her. So it's fine. But uh, yeah, sometimes I'm like, maybe these little moves you think are like cute are just making her feel bad about herself. <laughs> like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I feel, I feel like definitely if I was on the receiving end of that, I would, you know, I wouldn't feel too good as well if, if someone's yes. constantly doing that. Like constantly checking like, hmm. So, but it was fine. Yeah, sure, it was sure. fine. And then we also we then we move on to the to the work meeting where Lena is just kind of she she's def, she's definitely having to endure some uh, sexism and in the workplace, particularly from from Gerald, who was such a little asshole in this. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I wanted to talk about, um, okay. especially so. Okay, so yes, they have the work meeting. Um, 
some of the men on the team, especially this person, Gerald, is um, demonstrating classic sexism in the workplace, calling only the only woman there, like mm. pet names like Sweetie or Honey, etc. Mm. Instead of using her name, he addresses all the men by their name. Yeah. Um, he makes comments about uh, or he he gives her a task to plan a party when they are yeah engineering consultants um and he also he and then also tells her to smile and be extra fancy yes he was like oh well you can just like bat your eyes and and smile and get whatever you want or like oh you're probably good at like planning the like parties and like stuff like that just kind of um making light of a lot of the unrecognized labor that women do mm -hmm. and um Okay, and so Aaron doesn't step in, and I actually hated that. <laughs> like, I and I yeah. think Catalina did in like the moment, but so like, I um in my real life, I um teach bystander intervention, um at a university. So like, basically, when you see something um that's oppressive, sexist, um racist whatever like how can you intervene and there's multiple ways that you can intervene yes, um yes. in the moment when you see something that's happening and you're like mm, that doesn't sit right with me and i just felt like this was the time that aaron could have used his power he's obviously well liked in the office he ends up getting a promotion so he's obviously like uh well respected and has a good ranking um and this is the time and she she does note Hector, her one of her um, work buddies who also speaks Spanish, um, didn't say anything because of his like soft nature and like non confrontational attitude. Mm -hmm. But also, it's like if you are if you hold a position of power, which in this case Aaron does, he is a man um, in this workplace, well respected, etc. Um, you should use your power to intervene and um I, like i said before there's many ways that you can intervene some it's calling gerald out in the meeting mm -hmm. might some one might be checking in with catalina to see how she's doing um or three um speaking to your supervisor about gerald's behavior or whatever um those are just some of like many and i just felt like he didn't do any of that he just assumed what catalina wants and was like oh you can fight your own battles and i know that that i think that was um trying to come off of like you can hold your own and you can um you have all the skills you need to like again fight your own battles but it's like also um when you're an ally in some of these situations um you can step in so i actually didn't love that i thought he should have said something especially because his again like you said his love language is acts of service i thought that there was like multiple ways if he didn't want to call gerald out in that meeting that he could have responded that would have been more supportive than just being like oh catalina's like got it because when someone's being um i don't not attacked she wasn't being attacked per se but like 
be it was just, it, down to yeah yeah, like, yeah con- condescended when, con- when jail yes. when jail was, con- was patronizing her and, yes yes and, even, and was one, being one, disrespectful one of the things like he was even saying like oh like you wouldn't have to use your brain all that much yeah like really gross things and she did casually just very casual massage yes 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 and i just want to say also like casual misogyny and casual racism and stuff like that happen all the time and this is where allies and bystanders have a lot of um power like power capability to capability to step in Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe try to help others who are who are engaging in that kind of casual misogyny and racism try to help them unlearn their ways exactly because the permission that those men were giving gerald by not saying anything was saying this behavior is okay and can mm-hmm. continue and you won't get in trouble for it and it, happen- we'll it, it happens a lot in your life and it happens a lot all, and all, every day all the time 100 percent, and that escalates to more egregious behavior not in this book but in life so sorry for my little tangent but i was like that was, <laughs> no, was one okay. of the things that i was just kind of like I didn't love this. And if he sometimes, like, I think the biggest fear when I talk to people who want to be proactive bystanders, they're like, well, what about if the person doesn't want me to do this? Um, And like, resound, like, generally, people do want you to say something. And also, it's like, if this is something that happens often, maybe you don't step in right now. Maybe you after the meeting's concluded, you pull Catalina aside and say, hey, I noticed this, this, and this. How do you want me to respond in that moment? Or do you want me to bring it up with the supervisor? Do you want me to support you taking it up with our supervisor? Do you want me to do A, B, or C? Or do you just want to talk about it? Because that's fine too if you don't want to act on it. And I just, we didn't see any of that. And I was sad at the missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that really happened is right at the end of the meeting when Aaron is like, we are done here. And that, I feel like that was the only thing that really happened. But I feel like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. He should have stepped in earlier and been yeah. more firm against their old. Yeah, and then his way of making it up to her is like he helps her plan it at night but which was nice but and it was still like the grump stereotype but I don't know I was just kind of like we need people to do better um in workplaces and and stuff like that yes yeah and and even and even just so when Gerald he was like I'm just joking like I remember him saying that as well which again also does does happen yeah, one hundred percent. Well, man will just be like, "Oh, you know, just don't take it so seriously." I'm just being, you know, I'm just being funny. Yeah, passing it off as a joke, and if people don't um, at least say, "Hey, stop, that's not cool," um, then people think it's okay to continue those types of behaviors, which mm-hmm. we see happening. And, and as you said, that does end up building up into grosser and grosser actions. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah, it doesn't get to. Um, like some of the things I was thinking about, but you're right. It actually does escalate to um, sexual harassment. So yeah, you're you're totally right. Yes. And then <laughs> I, I like I like the little scene that happens next when Lena when Catalina is at her in tech headquarters and Rosie is texting her, and she sends her a picture of this. Uh, I remember it was described as a luscious flat white with a beautiful milk foam rosette, and also it's a triple chocolate brownie because Rosie she's at her. She's at around the corner of the cafe 
did I go to? Yeah, and I, I like their nice. friendship. Yeah, yeah, I like their text exchanges, mm-hmm. and I think that they have a good relationship. So, um, yeah, I, I liked Rosie, and I, I can't wait to read her her book. That'll be I know. fun. I'm actually excited for that for, for that as well. Me too. Me too. And then Lena calls Aaron a nerdy Clark Kent. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she still got her blinders on. <laughs> And and then this, and then, and then also he gives her the granola bar, which I felt like that was the, w- one of the acts of services that I really appreciated. Yeah, he's like always giving her food. <laughs> like food is her love language, and he yeah yeah. And apparently, and, and... it was really delicious too. Remember because then she lets out her mom to just comfort the man beside <laughs> her. <laughs> Literally, and the way that like the author describes it, like it was in like. Not so like wax paper homemade, like just the way that it's described. Like we know Aaron makes good food. <laughs> yes. so I feel like that would also work on me too. I mean, just you know, yeah, that's yeah, just true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> yes. and, and and then and then we we get also the, the phone call conversation next between Catalina and her mom, and this is also I think when we get a bit of insight into the way she feels about her family. And like I said, I was saying before, why she feels uncomfortable about going back to Spain without a fake boyfriend to come with her. Yeah, and... yeah. This is the conversation that she talks about the green dress versus the red dress, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, just brutal. And I think that that's really relatable too. Like, I, I do think sometimes moms... um pass on some of these um you know beauty standards and and expe- um, expectations expectations especially for what especially for women what they have yes, to maintain yeah. yes yeah to their daughters and it sucked when um lena was like um she said at the top of the conversation i'm gonna wear the red dress but her mom literally didn't even listen talked continued to talk and then when she was like mom i'm wearing the red dress she was like oh thank goodness like all of this stuff and yeah it was just a really good snapshot of like we didn't need to see the mom like we could just see her life how it played out with all these expectations and high standards that her mom has of her yes and and then also because even she because uh Catalina is even considering telling her mom, her mom the truth about what's going on. Like, hey, you know, I don't have a boyfriend. But her mom ends up talking about, you know, how Lena is coming out of, you know, coming out of her relationship with some damage and having to endure pity from everyone. And that's why, and, and Catalina ends up just nixing that route. Like, nope, I'm not going to tell her anything. You know, I have to, I have yeah. to keep up this, I, I, I have to keep up these appearances, like I was saying before. Yeah, that's why I didn't feel bad that, Catalina was lying because because it's like lying generally not great but I actually didn't care because I totally get feeling that much pressure Mm -hmm. that you literally just the easiest way out of it is just to lie so I actually was like yeah that's valid and I I didn't feel I didn't it was, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was well acceptable in this case, and it wasn't even there wasn't even a point I was surprised where 
like her family finds out that Aaron was not her real boyfriend. Like he just came came along as a fake date. Because I was really expecting that. Like, oh, some big, some big reveal. And it turns out, oh no, he's he's fake. Which I was, yeah. I was, I was expecting that. But I was okay with that, honestly, for for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point because that's classically the trope is that people find out that it isn't real or whatever. But and everyone right. is all upset, and, and, and yes. everyone is all upset, and there's all this yeah. this yeah. fear. But then it's yeah. like, no, that the revelation actually doesn't happen here. And yeah. it just focuses more on Lena and Aaron and their relationship without yeah. having to be like, oh no, we 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 were lying the whole time. Yeah, which I, I, I like. I like, like that. that. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I didn't need the. The breakup to be about their like family finding out or whatever mm-hmm. yes and oh and then there's also the her, her mom called uh, called instagram princeton am <laughs> which i found to be quite funny yes and like later in the book she calls it the netflix which is cute yep. yeah yep. <laughs> yep. we also learned that lena she had, uh, she, she had given and uh, the welcome gift a mug with a funny quote about being an engineer and yeah yeah and then we find out later in the book he was like oh my god it was like my first day and i was really unfocused and i needed to focus but you like ruined it for me and like that was cute (laughs) but um and it just again shows you what a loving kind fun person lena is and yeah and i i like that they seem to balance each other out. Yes, and, and then she also overheard Aaron uh, telling the boss, Jeff, on his second day of work, remember when he was like anyone but her. Like, you know, he, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't want to work with, with, with Catalina. And this is where we think, oh, so he, ha- he, he must really hate her then. Yeah, that's what the implication is, but it's really because he likes her too much. Mm-hmm. He, that's right, yeah, he gets too distracted. Because again, like, yeah. workaholic, and now he's paying too much attention to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, classic miscommunication. <laughs> like, yes. this could be a movie. <laughs> yes. And oh, and and then also another funny bit was when Rosie and Alina were talking, and they make the, the dragon, the Game, of, the Game of Thrones reference. Yes, because, yes. Because, 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 because the way it turns out is that Lena is like, have, have I forgiven Zayn Radic? And then Rosie replies, oh, Lord knows you haven't. And then Lena replies, exactly. In the same way that I haven't forgotten what David Benioff and D.B. Weiss did to us on May 19, 2019. Didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't Daenerys Stormborn of the House Targaryen first of her name deserve better than that? Didn't we, Rosie? <gasps> Iconic. And there is an Edward Cullen Twilight reference at yes, the end. Yes, I have in my notes. I'll point that out when, when we come up to it. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, I love when when books add in these references because it grounds it in reality. And I really liked that. I know, me too. And, you know, I gotta say, I've never seen one episode of Game of Thrones, but I... But admittedly, when that final episode was airing, I was actually keeping up with the news. I didn't yes, have HBO, yes. but I was just on social media. I was just like, ooh, what's happening now? Who's who's dying next? What What is unfolding? And yeah. 
it is amazing just how many people have turned on that show since yes. it ended. And I mean, like, I would admit, I, again, haven't seen it, so I can't say for myself whether it's whether the finale really is horrible or maybe it's people have been hating it too much. But still, it's just like, man, people used to love that show so much. And now you really hear, hear people talk about it. And when you do hear people talk about it, it's filled with such exhaustion. Literally, yeah, it is. I also have not seen Game of Thrones, but it was such a cultural touchstone. Like it was so universally watched and liked. And you're totally right. It really has like soured over the years. So I know, and that's why I'm surprised that HBO was still moving forward with with the spinoffs. Yeah, spinoff TV shows. Yeah, yeah, and we're still waiting. Well, people are, not me in particular, for like the last book or whatever. So I yes. guess it is still relevant in that way. <laughs> yes, and and also cultural touchstone. It's funny you use that phrase because I myself actually used that phrase just last week when I was talking with my guests, and he mentioned Twilight, and I called Twilight the cultural touchstone. <gasps> yeah, and it's having its like renaissance period, and especially like this year, Robert Pattinson with Batman and Kristen Stewart with. Spencer, Spencer. like it just it it really is like of the moment and yeah I I loved these like little little references yes and there's an old chat about Catalina and Rosie it's a fake Catalina's fake cat so pretending about a fake cat in front of in front of in front of Aaron sometimes I literally had to like cover my face with embarrassment because like and it, this is why I do love, as much as I, you know, tease them about it, this is why I love romance novels, but it's just, like, so funny of, like, she doesn't want to say yes to the offer of Aaron going to Spain with her, so yeah. she's just avoiding the conversation, and they just make up, like, you know, the worst excuse to... Uh, to leave the conversation about this fake cat that's hairless and named Mr. Cat. And yeah, it's just so it's, it's one of those rom-com moments that you're like watching, but your hand is covering your eyes. I know it's it's pretty, it's pretty cute. I find it, I find it pretty cute. The conversational hijinks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Too funny. Yes. And then, and then, so, this is when, and then next we have a deal coming up when in return for fake dating Catalina at her sister's wedding, then Aaron wants her to come with him to the to to, to the auction, and we find out that this ends up being a whole a, a bachelor auction where he wants her to bid on him, and he'll give her the money that she needs, you know, just like just bid how however high it needs to be, but she needs to be the one who who wins them at the end. Yeah, so we get a little bit of like Aaron's um, backstory of playing football, American football, and then um, just a little hint that he's also like rich. And um, I just want to say, how many bachelor auctions have actually happened in real life? Because I swear to God, last year I read, I think, 78 books hopefully i'm i'm aiming for a hundred this year and i could i swear to god a quarter of them had bachelor auctions i was like i've never heard of this irl uh, okay i can't i can't uh, well i don't know because bachelor auctions <laughs> are such a trope in media but yes. i haven't actually heard of 
um, no. specifically happening in real life. Like, I've never gone on Twitter and seen a post like, hey, want to come to a <laughs> bachelor auction this weekend? It's kind of like the kissing booth thing that it's like, yes. I've never seen that around, but like, it's in many movies. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, um, they, they have to be real, though. I mean, right? At they some point, be. in some point, they had to have been real because every. Yeah, all of these books and movies, but yeah, not yes. anymore. But yeah, it's like a fancy charity auction. Yes. And he's, yeah, one of the auction items. Yes. And, and then also, uh, right right before that, there's a point specifically in chapter six where Lena and Aaron, they're really, I remember they're really staring at each other with a lot of heat, I remember, at one point in, the, in this chapter, chapter six. Yes. And, yes. And then also this is when Aaron remember he knocked on the bathroom door twice before just suddenly entering. And then he had yes. a, like a clenched jaw. He has a lot of clenched jaws. <laughs> yeah, like, <gasps> like as a person that clenches their jaw while they're sleeping because of anxiety. Like Aaron, don't do that. It's so bad for you. <laughs> like just unclench your jaw. Like every yoga class I go to it, the first thing is like unclench your jaw, remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth. Um, relax. But yeah, um she he goes to pick her up and then she freaks out about what to wear, emails him. He shows up an hour early to like check in to make sure everything's okay. You're right, like this is the first time she notices feelings in her body of like that are foreign to her and she was like couldn't believe how hot he was and I was like he wears like a suit or like slacks or whatever at work and then he's wearing like a tux but I was like how different can you really look just like in a tux and she was like dumbfounded he's she's like oh my god I didn't realize he was hot and I'm like (laughs) he like it's not like even with like women, like when they get their hair done or like put on makeup or like a, a extravagant gown that like may, you maybe that you have that reaction. But I was like, oh, my gosh, like how different does he look? <laughs> yes. And oh, OK, so I was just looking this up. So apparently so what I'm finding, bachelor auctions are real. According to this article that I'm reading, there was one called the Fireman's Blue Firefighter Bachelor Auction. That took place apparently in LA, and you can at this auction you could apparently bet on real firefighters. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's a it's a charitable yeah. I could see that for sure. Uh, we don't have to go into <laughs> to, to detail, but like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, and also the, the Jingle Bell Bachelor Bash 2015. <laughs> The funds raised went to the Junior League of San Diego. Oh my goodness. Oh, I know oh. it's supposed to be lighthearted, but I'm like, let's just not auction off people. Like, <laughs> we don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> fun, oh, to, it's fun, fun in books and movies. Yeah, let's leave it on the page. <laughs> yes. And all right, and then at the, so at the fundraiser, again, the, the, it turns out to be bachelor auction. Uh, Aaron, so along the way, Aaron also revealed that he used to play football in his hometown of Seattle, where he attended college. Nice little mention there, because I live in Seattle, so that's, you know, I, I like that little mention. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm going to Seattle next weekend. 
Oh, wow. Yes. So I, my family, uh, my mom's side of my family is from Tacoma. Um, and one of my aunts still lives there and I haven't seen her since COVID. So, um, and I usually see her like multiple times. We just drive down to Seattle. So I'm so excited. I love Seattle. So yeah, that was a fun, fun little (laughs) reference. Yes. So, and then Aaron wants, you know, to bid on him. It it was interesting because also, so they have a little run in with, uh, TJ, remember remember him at the auction? Mm -hmm. I did think that TJ was going to pop up again, but he, he was just there for that one scene, I guess literally that one scene and never heard of him again i actually saw i actually uh felt felt like he was kind of iffy the way he was the way he was acting towards aaron kind of like teasing him and i know it was, it was meant to be playful but it could have also been taken away or maybe there was like a, a rivalry rivalry between them like the, like did they bully each other maybe in high school it had a kind of relationship yeah when i first read that conversation i was like oh i bet tj is the one that's gonna like reveal that they're fake dating to everyone or something like Mm. that but he literally didn't come up again i think like maybe him the purpose of him was that he was coming on to lena and maybe that aaron was like a little bit protective yeah and jealous and like standing a little closer to her than normal and so maybe again it was just to like show those kind of behaviors but yeah literally never heard of him again yes and and then also lena ends up bidding on tj's dad patrick because he's one of the bachelors remember and she and she was doing this kind of, kind of like out of out, out of mercy because she wanted someone to bid for him but no one was bidding so she did it but then she's like oh no am i actually gonna win but then when when the host remember angela when she announces that she'll take his date out on the boat then that's when the other women start bidding yeah that was funny and again like it was just again showed off Lena's personality and I felt like that is something that I would have done IRL like just to ease the tension and stuff so I was like oh this is funny and cute and and then then she accidentally bit again remember but some but then someone else ended up ended up bidding on Patrick yeah so funny and just like Aaron's face is just like what's going on yeah, yeah the, I, 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 I gotta say, like, yeah, Lena was pretty fun in this. She has a lot of spunk in this book. She does. She does. She's a really, I think, relatable, relatable, fun character. Yes. And then, and then next up is Aaron. Now he's up on stage. And then we got the lady in red, who is bidding competitively against Lena, but, but Lena ends up triumphing. And... That was also pretty fun as well. Yeah, it was funny because, like, obviously there was an incident and, like, alluding, they were alluding to an incident that happened years prior where I think she won or whatever. And And they went went to the dog shelter. Yes, yes. And she wasn't wasn't into it. The lady in red was not into it. Yeah, and then Lena, again, I feel like this was just, the purpose of this was to be like, oh, uh, Aaron, like, volunteers with dogs. Like, wow, he's not a grump. He loves animals. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah, that is also a trope that pops up a lot, I feel like, where one of the easiest ways to get us to side with a character is to show that they love dogs. 
yes, you nailed that. Absolutely. It's like he's a grump, but has a soft spot for animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that, literally, though, that is one of the three actually rules specifically in screenwriting, where it's either the character, the, the, the protagonist loves dogs, so smart and or funny, and or they, ha they, they get undeserved misfortune. Those are the three rules for making audiences like a character, specifically in movies for screenplays. Yeah, and it worked hook, line, and sinker in this book. <laughs> yes. And then, and then Lena and Aaron dance, and this was, and, and, and I, I remember reading this, and I was like, oh, wow, Lena, she, like, she's, 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 getting, she's getting warm with, with Aaron, and she's, and laying her hands on his chest, and really getting, like, touchy-feely here. Yeah, so, she, like, again, this was another time that, like, when they're dancing, it's pretty obvious that he likes her. Mm -hmm. I know and... because he asked, like, he asked if she wants to be friends, and she waffled, which bothers him and causes him to like raise his Freak emotional out. walls. Yes, yes, yeah, that was an because he she was like yes, no, like <laughs> she was just like conflicted and stuff, and um, I get that it was still fresh for her. She's navigating office politics, like. It makes I, total I, sense. I was, I, I, I was, yeah, I was, under, I was relating with both of them in the situation. I can get why she's kind of panicking in this situation. I can also understand why, from his viewpoint, it's like, oh wait, so you're not into me. I've been, and and now he's feeling frustrated. Yeah, and, and having having to like you know lock himself up again. Yes, one hundred percent. And like that was another thing that I didn't love about Aaron is he seemed to like treat their office romance really cavalier and i was like i think that's super unfair because again you hold the position of power like at sure. the next thing that happens is he gets a promotion yes. Yes. I, I, then... okay yeah i know i okay oh, i'll no, let you talk ahead, well no you can talk because i actually have to have some thoughts on this yes under uh, on, on on promotion but i want you to talk first okay 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 but yes so like um he just i feel like treats it really cavalier like again we'll get to it at the end of the novel too when they get back to new york but it's like she is navigating difficult a difficult workplace predominantly of men um and i just didn't feel like he was empathetic to why she would have more hesitations about working together and dating i think he was just like oh no it'll be fine and it's like no actually this could like end her career because mm -hmm. yeah so that's all i wanted to say was just like he was a little bit too cavalier about the situation i thought mm -hmm. yeah and okay so so then so because then the next thing that happens is your promote is your promotion and then we also do learn that he Aaron did, did not know he would get the promotion, and then you know kind of like basically bumps him bumps him out of the fake dating role. So now that we're getting up to this point, my thoughts on the way this promotion is that I did start I, I did start feeling a little uncomfortable at this point because what I was feeling was that okay, so now he's being promoted, and now there has been a shift in the power dynamic between them, and. I felt a little uncomfy at this point because I was like, well, at least say in the love hypothesis, 
Olive and Adam worked in different departments. It's not like they were working with the same department and he was her boss directly. Even though he was in a higher position, at least they were, again, different departments. They're not reporting to each other. It's not like, it's, it's, still, it's still like they had to work through issues and just, you know, with HR and stuff. But still, it's not like they're directly connected. Whereas here at, at Intech, so Aaron and Lena, Lena are going to be directly connected in the workplace. And so that's where it starts, it starts to make the relationship more questionable. 100%. And... Yeah, it's just way more nuanced when it's like one over one power dynamics and... Especially yeah. well, 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 because then also, I guess well, uh, I want to jump into this now because then we learn later on that the previous relationship that everyone thinks she's being so fragile over was with her college professor. Yes. When oh she, my goodness. When she was like, when she was like, point. when she was 19. And oh, yes. I, yeah, and I have, I, and I, yeah, I have some thoughts on this as well. And, but uh, so we're coming up to this point. I actually, I, I want to get, I want to get your thoughts on this now. So let's just talk about this right now. What do you think about this depiction of, the, of, of her relationship with Daniel and how that was fallen out from that? Yeah, so, like, obviously that was, like, super inappropriate. Um, yes, yes. People can't have consensual relationships when there's a power dynamic like that where there's, you know, grades, reference letters, um, blah, blah, blah on the line. James, um, James, James Franco shit going on. Exactly, and take in consideration her age, yeah, his status as like a, a prof, etc. Just all inappropriate. And I wish that they again in this book dived into that more of like. Yeah. I know. I thought it was. I, I thought it wasn't digging as deeply into this as it should have because I mean, no. a relationship between a college student and a professor and and a professor is is a big deal and it's like yeah that's why she was so probably so um upset and devastated after their breakup because it's like yeah she was also in like kind of like a grooming situation that just like no one talked about they just kind of talked about that's, getting what, that, that, that's why it, it, yeah, when I was reading this, that's why I felt like there's a whole big part of this that did feel hollow. Where it's like, yeah, you're not you're not navigating this as much as you should have. It feel it almost it almost, it felt more like we were exploring the fallout of a romance, say, between like two coworkers, like two people who had the same level. They broke up. One of them had to leave. It didn't feel like the sort of thing where it's like, oh wait, it's happening between two people where one of them is clearly in a posi higher position of power. Yes. Over, some, over someone who is a student and who is 19 years old. Yes. Like, and obviously she holds some, like, trauma there. And, like, it seems like, again, her family was, like, reacting in the wrong way, like, really patronizing, etc. And, mm. um, and, yeah, you want to give people that come out of those relationships power and um, support and comfort, not... Uh, further traumatizing them and separating them from their support networks. Yes. And then, so I was thinking also in the book that when, again, she hears about the promotion and she wanted to cancel the deal, it's like, 
that we would hear more about like why and like why she has those reservations and maybe have a great conversation with Aaron about it but that just didn't happen which I thought was like a real missed opportunity yeah yeah again yeah I, I do yeah I do wish the book could have explored this more deeply and when we get up when we when we get up to that point in the book I we may have more thoughts on it so but mm-hmm. I'm sure we will <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and then and then what happens next after that is Lena ends up fainting because she hasn't eaten enough and she hasn't been drinking any water because, uh, and this is why I put up the trigger warning for the eating disorder, which, how do you think that was depicted in this book? Because I felt like it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of odd how it, how the eating disorder kind of like pops up in the beginning, but then it just kind of drops all of a sudden. Which 100%. I don't think is realistic. It's like, oh wait, if Lena really was, like having suffering from an eating disorder and she really was like feeling this kind of like body shaming towards herself it would be something more constant it doesn't just disappear it's actually like a real problem that she needs to would have to would have to treat 100 percent, we're totally on the same wavelength like so yeah she faints um which is pretty severe like i i think that's also like underrated too like that you Um, cause like, I know that there's lots of disordered eating patterns where people skip a meal or eat a small amount of calories or like whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting to a point where you're fainting, like that is. That's major. Yeah, Yeah. that's major. And, um, I think it's very common for a lot of people, um, when they have a big event, like a wedding or a graduation or a reunion or whatever, to feel the pressures to, to, just stop eating like they need to like because they want to be thinner and thinner yeah and which is so sad and and I think again so like Erin gives her water and a homemade granola bar again and I think like the thing that I was also just annoyed by is he's like well you should be like above beauty standards because they're stupid and it he says that more or less (laughs) and like it's kind of like no Aaron everyone's affected by the insidious nature of western beauty standards um probably even yourself um and like the patriarchal views of how people especially women should look and um and to just denounce them as stupid it's like yeah most people know in their heads it's stupid but we are learned yeah subconsciously yes yes they they sort of succumb to it yes 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 like doing behaviors that that serve that and like that i just thought that that was like so unfair to just be like you're smarter than beauty standards it's like yeah we all are but like we still feel these pressures even the most beautiful successful smartest people in the world feel these pressures like Yes. We could talk about that for hours. So it's like it that was just kind of like another thing that I was like, Erin, be a good ally. And right now, I I don't think she needs a lesson on why she's above beauty standards. I feel like you should just listen and give her the nutrients and then shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I- yeah, so definitely, yeah, we, we, we both, we, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, 
on that point as well. And yeah, because, because so to be what you're saying, the beauty standards, it, it does it does exist. And I feel like I'm just gonna repeat everything that you were saying now. But, like, <laughs> don't but yeah, like, oh, don't because, worry, don't worry. To, to come, yeah, because as you grow up, these beauty standards exist, and we're just we're trained to just accept them, whether it, whatever pops up, and typically it pops up everywhere, even in, in movies, books, TV shows, or the way we the way we regard models, and anything anything having to do with women, or anything having to do with sex and bodies, and the way we uh, regard anything having to do with eating, and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to just acknowledge that everyone is affected by this. One hundred percent. It's the same way. It's the same way that it's important to unlearn casual racism and misogyny. It's also important to unlearn casual, you know, fat phobia. And... Yes. Thank you. Yes, you're totally right. I have worked on my own eating stuff and my own body image stuff for many years. And I still talk to my therapist and my nutritionist about it where it's like the automatic thought I have is the one that, again, serves these fat phobic, anti-fat attitudes. Mm -hmm. And I have to purposely stop and think and like retrain myself to to burn a new neural pathway in my head. So it's so rote that you just automatically think that and you're and then all of a sudden you're like, just wait, if you actually think about that thought, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's a true statement in my head, but it just comes so naturally because of the way that we're raised in in um, North America. And um, once you dig deep and reflect on that, you're like, no, I don't actually believe that is true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it's just so automatic. So yeah, I was like, this is weird yeah it also just like was a weird moment that yeah didn't come up again which yeah i'm not not averse to the depiction of it but i'm just saying like it's depicted at least give it the weight it needs yes yes yeah yeah 100 percent. because it it seems like the wedding happens they go back and there's just like no like you would no think no mention that, yeah. no mention of the eating disorder again yeah like of the wedding day or like maybe the wedding cup maybe like around the sports stuff or like i don't know maybe it would just come up again but it just didn't so that was that was weird but yeah super realistic yes and then and then after you know faints and carries her into his car and she falls asleep for a bit before waking up in the middle of his phone chat with her sister Isabel because Isabel, remember, Isabel was anxious because Catalina, Catalina had been sending her a couple like weird texts right, right before she faces and, and and then Aaron insistently persuades Lena to let her be uh, to, to let him be her fake date and then he takes, takes him to the food truck and buys her the fish tacos she loves yeah that was cute again another act of service from Aaron and yeah Catalina's freaking out because she hasn't said that she told her family that they're fake dating Mm -hmm. um and And that's why she was panicking like wait does he say anything when she was when he was talking to my sister like how did you describe yourself like (laughs) which was I thought was funny um I thought that was really funny and then yeah I liked the fish taco things and again it was like another thing where um Aaron was like, 
oh, I've heard you speak to Hector about these fish tacos before. So it's like another clue that he is really he's, into her and yeah, he's, been, he's been paying her. attention. He's been paying attention to her. And... Exactly. But she just like doesn't see that at this point. And and remember, it's supposed to be four tacos at first, but he grabs her five. It was a side of yeah. a side of rice with serrano peppers. Yeah, which I was like, delish. I could go for some, <laughs> some tacos, but yeah, he was. She was like three, no four, and then he brings her five. So, yeah, it was cute. Yes, and and then next is when Aaron tracks down around the corner, and he remember he he deliberately flirts with Lena there. Knowing it gets her all like hot as bothered. Yeah, and he, so he like starts after the um date at the charity event, he kind of starts like because he sees her like openly like ogling him. So he I feel like this is when he like starts to kind of not poke, but like yeah, deliberately fluster her yeah like you know kind of like you know play around a bit yes yeah and i think that's really how she'll react yes yeah this is like the stuff i love of romance novels so i was like this is really fun and cute and then at the cafe at around corner remember lena also has him buy one of all of the treats that are on display with a few few extra treats remember like it was a lemon bar and a blueberry muffin thrown in for kicks Yes, yes. He was like, uh, oh, I'll buy. And she's like, hey, well, if you're buying, like, I'm going to put you to the test and I'll get everything. <laughs> Iconic. Yes. <laughs> and then they take off of Spain and she energetically hugs him. And <laughs> <gasps> yeah, she's like, you're late. And he's like, no, you're really early. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I. Because obviously before, like she she was late. That's what he was mad at her about when she was late to the work meeting, and now she's really early. So it kind of you know makes up for that. Yeah, it was cute. And and he's baffled by all her luggage. Yes, yes, yeah. And he's like, "We're you know we're going for three days." I was like, "Yeah, but for a wedding, you're gonna have yeah dresses and shoes and you know lots of wedding activities." So mm-hmm. yeah. And then on, the, and then when he got on the plane, she's testing his memory of her family, which is and, another cute little moment. Yeah, super cute. And of course, he passes it with like flying colors. So again, <laughs> another hint that he has been listening, paying attention, and really cares about her and her family. Yes. And then the moment comes up when he remember he thumbs the chocolate off the alpha mouse and licks it off his thumb. And then, and then he brushes the corner of his lips again, and this show pops up in so many romances. I'm like, it's amazing. I'm literally so embarrassed. I feel like I'm literally blushing. Yeah, she eats like chocolate cake on the plate, and she's like, "This is so good." And I was like, "Okay, it's like cake plain, like (laughs) plain cake." I was like, "It's probably not that good." And then, yeah, she has like a crumb on her mouth. And of course, it's like, of course, the lead character, like, just, like, lingers too long. She's like, oh, my God. But it's, like, also such a deliberate move because IRL, you would just be like, oh, you got a little something, something on the side. I know. Here's a napkin. Like, like, Has that ever happened to you in real life? No. I don't think it's ever happened to anybody in real life. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. I, I've never heard of it happening in real life. Also, it's funny because I actually just, I, I, I tweeted this out some time ago, like, like a poll. I want to see, like, hey, does anyone get, see if anyone votes for this? And there were a few people who voted no, but apparently one vote did go for yes <laughs> and the poll. Okay, well, I want to so talk like, to this person. Cause... So I'm like, okay, so this happened to one person that voted yes. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's always yeah the lingering hand on the the lips. So yes. yeah, that was that was funny. Just I had to throw that moment in there. And I'm saying like even though even though it doesn't, it's not like this is not a real life thing, except for one person who voted yes apparently. <laughs> it, it still it still it still works for me. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Even just the proximity on the plane and stuff like that, like. 100% and again her wheels are turning they're spinning yes. they're being like oh maybe I actually like this person and maybe he could possibly like me mm-hmm. and then they use the phrase Spanish love deception and in, in, in the scene which I, I, I like that when they use it, the titles inside the book me too me too it's clever yes and and then also oh, this is when when Lena comes up with uh, Bolito as a nickname for Aaron, which means little little bun. Yes, um, that was really cute um, because in Spain and in Spanish-speaking countries, it's such a big part of dating um, and romantic relationships um, is to have pet names for your partner. So I loved all of um, it. Was Osito and Boyito, which were um, oh, yeah, little right, bun yeah. and, and little bear. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. Bolito, wait, Bolito was for Polina, I think, right? Oh, yes, she, she was yes. making it for herself, making it up for Aaron's color dad. Yes, and then yeah, Osito, that's right, the bear. Little bear for for Aaron. So I thought that that was yeah, that was cute. And there's many many more pet names in the in the book. Um, Remember, yeah, uh, it's just fun. Porcelino, I remember that was also being tested out. Porcelino and Cushy Cushy, along with Bolito. Yes, which again, <gasps> just obsessed with. Yeah. And and then when as they arrive in Spain, Lena has has a panic attack, but Aaron calms her down, brings her back down to earth, which I, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super realistic because. Um, he's meeting the parents and the family and like things are happening. And I feel yeah. like in these books, like a lot of time they realize like, or they, they don't realize before when they're making the plan to fake date that it's like, oh yeah, when I'm talking to my family, they're going to be like having in-depth conversations and asking about us about where we met and what we yes. like to do and how our courtship has gone. And I feel like, yeah, it makes sense that you would be super panicky. Yes. And, and yeah, that's right. And, and Lena is, Lena's parents are showing her and Aaron to their rooms. And I remember there's a quote here that goes, trying to make everybody feel at home, even if it meant going through the bedroom Hunger Games. <gasps> and, oh my goodness. And then, and then Aaron tried to fit his tall body on a twin bed. But she fails at that, and and he and he and Lena were being so stubborn in the scene, I and then the know. bed the bed collapses beneath him. I know. So he breaks the bed, which is another romance yes. trope. Like yes. only one bed. Oh no, we're gonna have to sleep together, uh, which I thought was like really funny. And 
Yeah, I was like, how big is he that he broke a twin pad? Like, I think what well, I think he's like he's very tall. That's what yeah, it's he's to be. a big football player. But I was like, again, like how realistic is this? It's definitely a trope that happens in tons of romance novels. But I was like, who in real life has this happened to? Yes. <laughs> and then oh, and then uh, and then uh, and then Cheryl, Lena's uh, cousin, she arrives and taunt and remember and she's and she's very meddlesome. Throughout the book, and even here, like she's taunting Lena about the bed. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and this was who Lena was like the most nervous of, just because yeah, she seems like she kind of meddles and um, and she also even has suspicions. And she also brings up uh, Daniel because she was like she she makes a reference to the bed exploding with Daniel. Yes, yeah, like she she's obviously contributing to the narrative that. Um, the family is putting on Lena that she was like ruined after Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Never, never pointing any fingers at Daniel for dating a student, but <laughs> that's beside the point. <laughs> yes. And and then and then also Aaron yanks Lena down to his lap. I remember yeah. that little piece. Yes. Okay. I love this part in this book and in other romance novels where it's like. Okay, well now we have to do coupley things. Like we have to hold each other's hands and stand the close and the yeah, antics. the antics and then it's like oh, but no like he just whispered in my ear but like no one's around us. Like no one could see or hear this. So mm-hmm. it's just those fun fun little things um yeah, that that are are really well done in this book. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then also we learn about the wedding cup which that's when the the it's a bridesmaids and the groomsmen they're all they compete against each other at the yeah. tournament and yeah. it's, it's so it's so weird because also don't, don't doesn't someone even point it out i forget who points it out but it's it's like doesn't it just feel kind of dated it's like men against women yeah who, yeah who point, i forget who points it out do you remember do you remember no i don't remember but like i thought it was I thought it was fun for like, oh, this is like a bachelorette, bachelor thing. But it 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 was just, again, like so random. I was like, is this a common thing that happens in Spain? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it is. It is. Just give off like a t- two thousand rom com vibes. One hundred percent. It took me back to two thousand and six. Like it was just, <laughs> yeah, just. I don't even know what to say about it. Even the okay, the other thing it was like it's called the wedding cup, but I was like, but they all speak Spanish, and some of them don't even speak English fluently. So it's like, wouldn't it be called something else, or maybe because World Cup? But wouldn't then it wouldn't be called Boda Cup? I have no idea. I don't know. I was just like, it was weird that that one thing was in English. But that's getting that's that's getting real nitpicky. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. And then, and then Lena ends up realizing that she accidentally called Aaron a Greek god out of Olympus. Yeah, and she said this aloud, and he remember he picked up on it. Yeah, I feel like there were so many times where, like, there's one point was she drunk or or maybe it was after she passed it out and she's like made a comment about his like thighs or something and she was like oh my god did i just say that out loud so it's just like funny like those little moments where she's like kind of being a little bit embarrassing but he just like loves it 
Out of size. I don't know. If, I don't remember specifically where that appears, but I know that does happen sometimes. Yeah, she was like, oh my God, did I, I thought I said that in my head. <laughs> like, again, how many times have you said something out loud? Maybe when you're drunk, but like said something aloud and then been like, did I say that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and also she had a funny conversation with her sister, Isabel. And uh, remember, she, she was like, uh, he's dating you. What's the big deal with him, with him hearing you talk about it, about it with his sister? You've seen his penis. We are, we are allowed <laughs> to discuss this. Yeah, and it's like, you should have known that, Catalina, that you would have to, like, allude again to, like, her relationship. Yeah, like, who cares if you're, like, yeah, calling him, like, complimenting him and, like, stuff like that because it's, like, stuff that he should have already known so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then and then isabel goes on to say actually i think we are expected to do that i'm sure he talked to his friends about your bubbies yes <laughs> yes yes she was like oh my god just like i wish i could disappear no she, she was so mortified <laughs> More, mortified but yeah that was so funny she's like and i'm assuming like with sister dynamics and stuff they've talked about previous partners or crushes oh, yeah, this way definitely, and stuff so definitely. it's like so i was like oh they're gonna get found out like isabel's gonna be on to them but she wasn't yes. <laughs> and and then this is the point where we find out that daniel was her was lena's college uh, physics professor i know that down in my note I, I i write it down in my notes as holy shit daniel was a college physics professor question mark question mark question mark <laughs> Yeah, wild reveal. Didn't see that one coming, but again, makes total sense for like the story and why Lena would have um, reservations about yes. Um, yes. dating Aaron. Also, I feel like we've used Catalina and Lena interchangeably. If you haven't read the book, um, most right. people call her Lena. Lena, that's right. That's, that's a nickname. That's, that's right. Yes. I keep yes. switching between the two. Me too, me too. Because, again, Aaron calls her Catalina, which is, like, uh, again, his way of, like, flirting um, when everyone calls her Lena. And then when he finally calls her Lena, she's like, oh, my God, you're calling me Lena. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and then the, I feel like the, the, the crush alarm is just blaring for, for Lena when Aaron kisses her shoulder yes yes yeah he like starts kind of getting really into the boyfriend role like yeah light kisses on the shoulder and like the head and stuff and this is when she's like i they they go to the they get drunk and go to the bar yeah. after but like mm -hmm. this is where it's ramping up yes and and then also the and then the groomsmen have to take off their shirts for the soccer match and the wedding cup. Do and Isabel is being so insistent about it. <laughs> and then yeah. and then and then Lena just ogles Aaron's jacked upper body after he removes his shirt. Yeah, again, it's just one of those romance novels where it's like, oh no, we ordered all of the grooms' t-shirts in size small. <laughs> like they couldn't wear these because they're beefy men. Like time to take off your shirts like we don't care if you're comfortable or not with that but like we need to show like uh the the main female lead uh your body <laughs> yeah definitely written from the from the female gaze here yes yes very female gazy 
And I was kind of here for it. Yes. <laughs> and and oh, and then he also winked, remember? And it says specifically a single, quick, playful wink. Yes, I liked this. Okay, I wanted to ask you about this um, because this is what I was thinking when I was reading this. Were you surprised at the like? I the way I'm wording this is a leading question, but were you surprised at the like the complete 180 that Aaron did from? new york to spain like he's I, a grump and then he's like winking at her i don't know i was you know, when i was reading this book i was crediting it to the fact that he was a new environment he wasn't in new york he's not in tech he doesn't have to worry about work he's just going along with lena to his wedding maybe he felt like he could be much more loose much more open with her here and He's, you know, it's like the equivalent equivalent of just like, you know, throwing off a suit and, you know, like untying his tie, maybe kicking off his shoes, just having some, just having some, some, some pleasure in this new environment. Okay, that's good. Because I was like, oh, right now would have been like a nice, if it was differing POVs, like this would have been a nice chapter to talk about how Aaron, yeah, has loosened up. But that's a really good point. At work, we know this. He's, like, super workaholic Yeah, buttoned, buttoned up. Just... Yes, really buttoned up. So you're right. He's kind of letting loose. But, yeah, I would have, like, liked a little bit more, like... A little bit more fleshing out, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. But it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. And then Aaron, Aaron is whispering in her ear, too. And I was... And at this point, I was like, boy, they should have exchanged plenty of, like, heated gazes and coy touches and yeah best again best part of the of the book all this foreplay yes and, and then even even in, in the soccer match remember because she falls and and grabs onto his shoulder and then he holds onto her waist and kind of like carries her like a potato sack that as he keeps was playing so the game cute. and then she pinches yes. his butt yes oh my god the butt pinch i i was like controversial <laughs> move i feel like that like a pinch is like getting all up in there like i was like maybe a slap would have been like better but like also like i don't know there's even a quote what she said what she says in the narration i wanted to double check if a butt could really have that many muscles (laughs) no i was like oh my god oh my god I get it, I get it, but I also, it's so cringe. It's so cringe, but I, I get it. And then, yeah. beca- and then because of Isabel's pushing, Lena starts telling the story of, how, of her and Aaron meeting at work. And remember, and Aaron picks up the next part of the story, and he, ta- and he mentions the mug, and, the jo- and apparently the, the, the quote on it was, engineers don't cry, they build bridges and get over it. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, and, this, and, and he tells the story from his viewpoint, but it's all the truth. Like, he was telling, he was being honest. Yes, this was like, I thought that this was a good narrative device where it was like, um, he was really basically saying, I like you. Mm-hmm. I've noticed you since day one. This is what's been happening for me. And, I know, and he, and he, and he, and he even talks sweet. about it. He even talks about how, like, hey, you know, he was, you know, harsh, harsh to, to Lena, and he talks about uh, regretting it. One hundred percent, yeah. And so every every time, every every time he looks at her, that's what that was specifically what he says. Yeah. So the miscommunication is kind of like cleared up, and she's like, 
again, just getting further into it being like, oh, I think he actually like likes me versus yes. yeah. And then and then the dancing and she's getting buzzed, her feelings are rising to the surface. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and oh and, and but then she does get dragged away. Remember, it, her sister drags her away from the dance and it's like, come on, let her dance with him. Yeah, which is, again, funny because it's like, well, if that's your boyfriend, you'll have many opportunities to <laughs> dance with him in your life or in your relationship or whatever. But since they, this is like their first opportunity when they get pulled away, it was really funny. Mm-hmm. And and then also, we also do learn about how Aaron, about his parents, remember like his mom died and then his dad ended up kind of like tre- treating him like a, a, a player because his dad his dad was like a coach for him and they ended up losing that father-son bond between them. He ended up going distant. Yeah, and we learn, yeah, just again, I think- After losing the mom. Yeah, yeah, we learn about why maybe Aaron's more guarded, why maybe he puts a lot of his time into work, mm-hmm. um, and maybe also why he- likes lena and her family and her community so much because they're loving and um vocal about their love and and it seemed like he didn't have that at home mm-hmm. yeah and, and and i and i just like at the end of the book when he and his and his dad end up reconnecting mm-hmm. and it's like his, his because his dad is like right about to die he said mm-hmm. that that's the word and like he, even in even in epilogue his dad is still alive but just a bit of time left, a sliver of time. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to patch things up and spend a bit more time together before his dad passes away. Yes, yes. And it's what reconnects them, but yes. we'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> and and then we also learned that Aaron loves animated movies, particularly Disney and Pixar, and his favorite movie ends up being up. Oh my, she was like, <laughs> she was like thinking in her head, she was like, please don't say like say anything but up like that was gonna be some type of like huge revelation I thought this was like again and like I was fine with it I feel like I'm so petty um but this also was kind of like this author is new I feel like and this is something that she's infusing of maybe her personal life into these characters and i was like oh, i could have not like i could have not used this like i so i, I, I can know. see that i can see yeah, that yeah yeah like maybe this is what she's attracted to and i was like oh, i could have taken her or left this but um yeah again just maybe it's showing lena that he's not a grump he does have an emotional and um um, emotional and fun and light uh, interest and yeah yes. yeah and you know I guess per- personally I guess I, I I'm into I'm into this I like I like the I, oh I like, me I like too being his, being his favorite movie and I was just thinking like oh like you know cue married life right here yes totally like that's another thing it's like oh they have a a shared interest like a shared activity that they can do together like great but yeah it was so random that it was disney and pixar movies but like again so funny and it was just so funny again how she was like please don't say up like anything but up and then yes. like, okay, oh yeah please okay. please the quote is please don't say the one that will stand in my heart and the cardiac arrest <laughs> oh my god i'm so 
glad that you had that written down. Why would a, liking a random movie set your heart into cardiac arrest? Like, it's not like he was admitting, like, some uh, crazy secret. It was just that he liked the movie up. And, like, that's a universally liked movie. Yes. I know. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I love that up, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like we all do. Like it was just funny. It's a very how it sweet. Was it's a very sweet. A sweet movie. Yes, one hundred percent. It was just so funny how she was like, "This is like a game changer for me." Yes. And then and then they get into bed now, and now we have the only one bed soap, and 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 just and there's a bit of stuff going on. Remember, and like, but but just the tiniest bit of kissing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's doing like that light kissing again, uh, like around her face and mm-hmm. her jawline yes. and stuff, and he says, the, the thing that like finally sets everything off. Like if I kissed you for real, I would want it to be, real. That mm-hmm. was so yes. inarticulate. But wait, well, 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 because it what stops them is they hear a door slam in the house, and that's what interrupts them. Otherwise, yes. I think they, they would have kept going. If they weren't yes, you're right. And he was like, you're right. And then but he was but like, I'm but glad awesome. we stopped. Because... Yeah, it's it awesome out of the lust fog. And, and, yes. Like, oh, and the quote is, when I finally kiss you, there won't be any doubt in your mind that it is real. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah, that was cute. It was a cute declaration of of interest. Love. Yeah, love. Interest. Mm-hmm. Devotion. Mm-hmm. I think the next morning... Because we have a scene with with Cheryl, and she's talking, and I remember this is one one of the parts where the dialogue happens in Spanish, and then we do get a translation about how it's about like dressing saints, and it meant that Lena would stay single and dedicate her her life to God for the rest of her life. Yes, yes. Again, just insight into what she's had to deal with after the breakup with. Daniel of her family like literally thinking yes. she could not get another man that she would be like a nun or like <laughs> like where again devote her life to God so it just kind of again paints the picture of why she would feel the pressure to lie about this relationship and and mm-hmm. yeah no, because, because even 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 a bit later on her dad talked about her like being a firecracker and how sad it was for the break of Daniel to sap her of her zeal. Yeah, it's yeah. like, man, man, everyone, like, you're really treating her, treating her like a child here, but give her, give her some respect. Literally, literally, like, she can still be a firecracker without, like, yeah, maybe there was a period where she got, like, her shine was dulled because she went through a breakup, which can be quite traumatic, and then mm-hmm. moved to a new city and needed to get her footing, but I wish they could have seen her in New York doing her thing. Like, yes. um, yeah, they just had such little faith in her that I was, I was just bummed out that the only thing that they would count as success was her finding a boyfriend. And mm-hmm. as sad as it is, I feel like that's really the case for a lot of people is, is finding a partner is, is what their parents like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, yeah, like like we were saying before. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that was tough, but yeah, I liked I liked all of the family dynamics and like um, Aaron sharing more with the family about like why he loves 
Catalina, etc. And, and there's also a moment where, where Aaron was like, we love dogs, don't we, Bully So? Uh, yeah. Cute. And then, and then Lena ends up running into Daniel and he apologizes for the breakup and how messy it was. And then he goes on to condescend her. And she and and he was like, you know, don't be a child. We're both adults now. Yeah, that you can was... talk. You can talk and act like one. That was a quote from, from him. Yeah, again, insight into like possibly like a little bit of a an abusive dynamic. The way that he was speaking to her and suddenly, yeah, and we just um, at this point we're thanking our lucky stars that Lena has. Um, got out of this relationship and ended up with someone, even though I, I do want him to do a little bit more allyship work, but ended up with someone who's as respectful um, and caring as Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, so we, and Aaron and Lena do delve more into that about the relationship with, with Daniel, because next, remember, Lena and Aaron go back to the room and they're talking some more and he starts massaging her and and he opens up about his mom like calling him her light in the, in the darkness and then he says that lena is represents that for him he she's his light yes yeah so cute like so freaking cute yes again i like you said at the top of the episode the pacing because again we'll get to this but they also say i love you like basically like immediately like oh like immediately after they get back to new york and i was like okay you've like literally been together for like three days um and half of those were fake but but like yeah the pacing of this again was like weird because like i know it was just this 180 like i was like that's a big confession honestly if i got that confession in the first like 24 hours of dating i kind of would be like Ooh, that's a lot of pressure to to live up to that but I will say like it, it's very sweet it was very cute I was I was into it but again I just wish they cut out some of the slow burn stuff and then expanded this to make it seem a little bit more realistic yeah slow burn yeah just just definitely a slow burn romance another well. trope <laughs> And, yeah, and then, and and then after Aaron admits admits that, then she goes on to, t- to talk about uh, about Daniel, and this is where we get all the information again. Like she was nineteen, he was a professor, and he was he was younger than the other than the, everyone else in the in the faculty, and didn't start dating until she had finished the the three semesters or two semesters for his course. Mm-hmm. and publicly dating and then he was also the one who introduced gonzalo and isabel together and and so he, i think that also adds that adds another facet to the situation where because it's like because of him isabel and gonzalo met and now they're getting married because that, that's yes. why that's why daniel is even at the wedding because he's yes. fe- because he's gonzalo's brother yes i was literally gonna be like Oh yeah, that's why he's not like blacklisted because that all makes so much sense. Like... Mm-hmm. Yes, and then and then and then we also learn about how there were all these all of these venomous rumors that were being spread a- a- around Catalina about her 
about about her being in a relationship with Daniel and how like she does all of this like to, to zoom her way through college and how like yes. Photoshop even Joe Gospers he used Photoshop on her and Daniel wow. broke up with her because things got too complicated. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you're the one who is, again, in a higher position of power. Exactly. And, like, I do think he was understanding of why she freaked out once they get back to New York. But it's like, that's the root of the reason she's picturing in her head that this exact same thing is going to play out again. And, mm-hmm. and again, it, I don't want to say it broke her because I don't want to be like her dad, but, but like. But it, it did have a great impact on her. Yes, 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 yes. Like it, it, it was the catalyst for her moving and, and, and maybe being single for, for a long time, period of time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I guess it's still, I still wish that this had been explored more and because of the fact again, just what what he was doing with grooming, what Daniel was doing with grooming, and the situation, especially because we do get we we do find out later on about you know about Gerald and how he was engaging in sexual harassment. It's like well, it's like you already had it in. You might as well dive a little deeper. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, couldn't yes. agree more. Wish it was touched on. Obviously, considering that misogyny is an is an element of this book. Yes, it's not, it's, it's not like you're just introducing introducing it out of nowhere. One hundred percent, and it could have been such a great nuanced conversation. And honestly, again, realistic to mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think they could really relate to to um, being Lena. And yeah, yes. I just wish that they did more of that. Yes. And and then right before right before she falls asleep, she ends up hearing Aaron whisper, "You feel complete in my arms. You feel like my home." <gasps> I wish everyone could see my face because it is literally the emoji like burying its teeth, like cringing. Because like again, that is so sweet. But like, let's put this into context. They, First night sleeping together. Yes, yes. Um, like second day of fake dating, not even real dating. Um, and it's like it's cute, but again, like if this was IRL, you would be like this is way too much like yes yeah it was it was a lot and like i get that catalina needed more of a push because she was so self-doubting that he liked her but i was like i won like i'm like i wish the author just like it was a different sentence like he whispered like this is so nice or, or like finally or something like yeah, that like yeah, something, something a, little, a little softer yes but like you are not, my home not, I not was as like, well oh. yes i was like that is like what people say in their wedding vows so yeah yes. oh my goodness and then Isabel and Gonzalo get married the next day, and we've got we've got the scene where the kiss cam is searching the room, and and and, and Lena and Lena finds finds herself actually wishing the camera would stop on her and Aaron, but it doesn't. But she wants it to happen because she wants an excuse for them to kiss, and yeah. finally finally she recognizes what she's been feeling for Aaron all the time. Yes, and like okay, so I want to say about the kiss cam before I say the good stuff. I'm gonna say the bad stuff. <laughs> A kiss cam at a wedding? Like, again, it was just this, like, almost trope, like, forced kissing 
is a trope. Almost like, like well, almost a forced proximity. I guess you might. Yes, call it. yes, yes, yes. Like it, it, like the kiss cam. Like it's just, it was like no one has ever had that at their wedding. I don't think it's a cute idea. We, we also know how like kiss cam and like I guess at a wedding it would be different, but like how heteronormative those are. You just are like picking. Yeah, you're typically focusing on men and women rather yes, than acknowledging like that obviously there are men and men and women and women. Yes, yes. And like, it's just, it's just plays into all of that stuff. And it's like, it's such a, it's like when we were talking about the groom versus bride stuff, it was just very like 2006. I was like, oh, do we do kiss cams still? Like, what the hell? So anyways, I was just like, this is you just also wouldn't have this at a wedding like this is something that you have it's tacky and it would be at a hockey game but i will say i loved the scene where she realizes she wants to kiss him and he realizes that she wants to kiss him and then they leave the wedding like that was amazing but i was like i just wish it was not about a kiss cam at a (laughs) beautiful spanish wedding <laughs> yeah I, yeah i agree with that yes <laughs> and, and, and then and then yeah because they 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 leave for a bit and they do have a, a brief kiss and remember because yes. he wants to go all the way but he doesn't yes. want to do this quickly outside like he wants to take his time yeah he was like i don't want the first time that we have sex it to be like rushed in public someone could walk in and like not in a bed and stuff like that and I will say I wasn't expecting good sex scenes or like hookup scenes because the rest of the book was so chaste. Like, yeah, she... chaste. Well, there was chemistry, a lot of chemistry between them, but as for anything actually physical, it wasn't really that much. Nothing. Well, well, aside from the times when they were getting really close, like whispering or like, again, the coy touches. But anything more than that wasn't happening. Was not happening. So I was like, ugh, I feel like I'm not going to like be into these sex scenes. But they were good. All of them were good. Yeah, they they were good. The build up was good. It built up to like the steamy, intimate scenes. And Mm -hmm. it was was quite satisfying, actually. And Yes, yeah. And like Aaron was, is very, and we can... I don't lengthy know if you too. want to talk about this, but like Oh yeah, talk, talk. But the lengthy, lengthy scenes too. Lengthy scenes, which we love. And <gasps> he's like showing off his like commanding, like he's definitely like more dominant and like um he's like you need to verbalize what you want and um yes 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 i just i liked all of it. It was really good. He was like a dirty talker, but it wasn't like um filthy it was just like the right amount of dirty talk it was chef's kiss perfection i know yeah he i would say also like in the bedroom he also lets loose them more contrasting to what he's like outside where he's much more stoic much more of a statue in public yes yeah and again like it's not he wasn't channeling grump it was kind of more like yeah like domineering and stuff and Mm. yeah i liked that but a ton and we can talk about this later also but tons of consent which i also really liked he um asks her permission to do a lot of the things that he wants to do and again and says like you need to give me like verbal affirmation and stuff and again i just love when they do sex scenes in books that include sexy and fun and 
um, easily, uh, like not disjointed ways of asking for consent. So I, I really liked this. Yes. Well, yeah, well uh, let's, let's dive, uh, dive a little deeper into that because we are coming up on the first scene between them in the bedroom and, and, and the way it unfolds, it also, it also kind of reminded me of the kiss quotient because what you were saying about like him asking, him asking her for like what she wants it's the kiss quotient also has it unfold in a similar manner where Michael is just really paying attention to Stella and just really like making sure, you know, like, he's giving her what she wants. And yes. I, I appreciated that. Me too. And and... Especially in this first scene. Yes, yes. And again, it just really shows you, again, I'm talking from a hetero point of view, but like it again just shows you when you have women authors what is female gazy and stuff and it is these moments of asking and um telling and um paying attention to their partner and um i just feel like a lot of i i just think that that's like kind of points to what maybe typically happens in in sex IRL where the the maybe the person isn't paying attention or asking or whatever so it just I really think a lot of people could learn from romance novels <laughs> some of some of these cues so yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I really liked this too and again just the way the way it unfolded and uh and the way he was anyway he was focusing on her because yeah like you like you're saying I feel like it would be it, it, it would be great for people to take her cues from the way these scenes are depicted, and just be like, oh wait, you know, maybe I could do this in real life as well, because it is it is it is important, and I feel like there are a lot of people who don't do this, and it's not it's not like the, it's not like the shiny bad or stuff like that, but it's like oh like you know they're just not as scored as they could be, and asking like hey like do you want to do it this way do you want do you, do you want this part to be touched you know yeah all of that. yeah yeah it just shows you how easy it can be and how it can still be sexy and fun and you can still be like the dominant person or whatever you want to be um and it still be possible to yeah have good sex and i just feel like um again like it really just c came down to like the person feeling cared for and paid attention mm. to yes yes um and, and the love hypothesis i also liked the scene in the love hypothesis again long build up to that but i felt like that was a good scene also specifically even the love hypothesis i felt like there was a bit of an awkwardness in that scene like deliberate awkwardness and i like that because like it's like yeah it's like that's it's, real. it's not it's not like it's not like all sex is just perfect it's not gonna all run smoothly so there will be a bit of clumsiness but it was kind of like a comfortable kind of clumsiness between Olive and Adam, where they're, yes. you know, just snuggle with each other. They know each other. They, you know, they're okay with it. They're just working out some kinks. And it's just all, 100%. it's comfortable. Comfortable. Yes, yes. Because there's always clunky, clunky parts to, to intimacy. And another thing that I just wanted to point out when um, he's, I think, taking off her shoe... Um, she tenses up and he's like reads her body language and is like yes. reading like, body relax. language really important yes. yes like that is so 
freaking important that you are watching your partner or partner's body language and, um, and cues. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. I really, I really liked all of this. Yes. And also when he, when he sucks, when he sucks on his fingers, I mean, that's the thing. I I see that. I see, I read about that happen in a lot of romances. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That. it's it's, 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 it's nice I, I like this yeah me too that's like yeah and she's like dying i would have been dying too but like yeah <laughs> i i loved all of that yeah super steamy yes. loved it all and and we also learned that he that he actually learned some spanish specifically for this trip and for lena it's like, <laughs> duh, Lena, wake up, girl. Like, of course he did. And he executed it perfectly. Like, yeah, he loves you. <laughs> yes. and, then, and, then, and then he also says that a- I think it was afterwards. He only brought one condom with him. But he was, but they were like, well, you know, we can, we can get steam on by our other messages. Yeah, that was cute. And I loved the scene. Yeah, the, the Spanish learning scene where he was like, what's this? And like touching different body parts and stuff like that. that I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and then even when Aaron says, if you get any more perfect, I'm going to believe you are made just for me. Yeah. Cute, 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 cute. I can't, I can't even pick that apart. It's just plain cute. And, oh, and, and also Corazon. Remember he said that and it, hot, hot, as in hot. Yeah. Oh God. Cute. 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 <laughs> and because oh, that's that's right. Because also, she he says I'll earn my four letter word. Okay, I was gonna ask you that. What's the four letter word? Amor. I I thought it was love. That was my yes. interpretation. Okay. As in L-O-V-E, four letters. Right. Just assumed with love. Yes. Okay. I thought it was love, or like in Spanish, love is amor, or like the verb is like amar or something like that so yeah i was like uh but i, I was like i can't believe i like i'm questioning this because <laughs> like, like, they didn't say what it was but i was like what what is the four word i was playing wordle all of a sudden like, <laughs> yeah wordle oh you know it's funny that you bring up wordle because you said, uh, you're not a fa- you're not a fan of, a fan of wordle right <laughs> yeah, yeah, You've listened to one of my recent podcasts. Okay, no, I am such a big fan of Wordle. I am okay. not a big fan, and no shade. No okay, shade I'm just saying because I, I love Wordle. I personally I, love Wordle. I know. I just think like sharing it because it's just like it. I just related it to like when you're like, oh my god, I had the craziest dream last night. This, this, and this happened, and people are like, yeah, I like don't care. But I do love it. I played it this morning. Um, I actually didn't get the word, so that was really embarrassing. But um, I do really like it. But yes, anyways. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. <laughs> and, and yeah, so then the next morning, Nina and Aaron, they end up bending the schedule to carve out more time for just getting squeezing in some more spice over the next hour. Yeah. What, what, what they call multitasking in the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm just putting that all together about the condom thing. Like, now that all makes sense. But yeah, that was. Um, great, it, it, great it, it, it was cute. It was cute. Yeah, it was cute. And, and then they leave Spain and fly back to the US. And Lena believes they need to figure out their relationship due to Aaron becoming her boss. 
And then we also have a text exchange when Rosie texts, say it, say it out loud, say it. And Lena texts back, show Edward Cullen. Yes, iconic. Um, it brought me right to Twilight when Bella and Edward are standing in the forest and he's like, say it. And she's like, vampire. And yeah, I thought that that was... Um, an iconic reference um super oh. funny and again it just shows their like fun playful relationship and i've been i've been encountering quite a few twilight memes because it was this and then again like last week i was talking about twilight with my guests because the book we were covering legend one by tracy dion twilight is brought up there's a twilight homage in that book and then even just on the internet social media i see twilight all over in book twitter and it's, like... <laughs> it's just it, it's a it's, 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 a, it's an icon. It truly is. It truly, truly is. Yeah, I have to uh, rewatch the first movie for a podcast I'm doing in a few weeks, and I am Ooh. jazzed. Like, I cannot wait to revisit it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, oh, and, and then, uh, there was an errand that helped her with a share that was stuck to a shelf. Do you, do you remember this? And for and for him, and and for him, like she drew attention in a way that he wanted to devote his professional life. So that's why he told Jeff he'd prefer to work with anyone but her. And that's when we find out about this. Yeah, and it's all cleared up. And the the hating game. It reminded me a lot of the hating game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, another great book. Especially, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because even even in that one, it's like Joshua was clearly like also clearly into into you i feel like maybe I, I don't think it was it was a little more hidden a little more cloaked his feelings whereas yeah. here aaron like aaron's feelings are much more obvious 100 uh, percent, yeah absolutely yeah but yeah it's all cleared up so she doesn't have to have any fears about dating him or whatever because she understands what happened mm, yes and and, and then Lena and Aaron, they end up uh, also diving into the steam in the kitchen. And I was, I was shocked when he ended up uh, spanking her a couple times. Same. Please include that long pause in the podcast. Same. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I was not expecting that. And then there was like, yeah, like no follow up, but um, wild. Yeah. Def ask people if you like that before you do it, I think. That's a good like I don't I don't sure. think he did, but like um yeah, it was spicy. It was like against the wall and then like on the kitchen counter and stuff like that. So I know, and the spice really jacks up and just said act. Yeah, and again I was shook because it was so chaste and then like then there's yeah references to oral sex and then yes. yeah she goes down on him for a bit at a point like there it does spice up so yes. yeah highly recommend yes but you're gonna have to read 600 pages <laughs> before you get here yes <laughs> and oh yeah and, and then there's a point when they're talking about being vampires and wolves remember and lena's like i still i still can't believe you'd be a vampire over a werewolf by the way she says that to him this was like i know that the author i feel like is again just putting this in for her because her own, it's her, book. her own enjoyment you know just yes yes which it's like fair it's your 
your baby. But like this was, I was like, it's also going to, I love the culture. I've said this. I love the culture of reference. It also is going to age out the book though, because like for us, we were like, oh, werewolves, vampires, Twilight, all of this, Game of Thrones, all of this stuff. But I was like, if people read this book in 10 years, like it might be like, sound super outdated, but that was like. That depends though, because I feel, I don't know. I feel like Twilight particularly would have, would have staying power for a while. It's going to transcend time. At least, for the next, at least for the next decade. Even Game of, even Game of Thrones. Like, even though Game of Thrones is, again, very specific in the time period it came out, I feel like that would also have infamous staying power right, also for right. a long time. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I was like deaf. I think he's like more of an Edward vampire, but she thought he was more of a wolf. So that was interesting. But yeah, it was just like... <laughs> Uh, maybe talk about something else. <laughs> like... Oh, and, and then and then also remember he's and he's like I bite, and he yeah. kind of like he, he kind of like grazes his teeth over his shoulder. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. Yeah, I I would have probably liked that. Yes, and and then also and then there's a point where we do worry a bit because apparently a member of Jill's team saw Lena and Aaron going out on a date. And then also Rosie pressures Lena to let the cat out of the bag and the guards were romanced Aaron. Oh, and, and remember there's that moment when, when it's like, again, no, don't you even dare tell me there aren't a few movie-worthy moments because I'll unfriend you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, I like, I really like her. I'm really excited for this next book. I know, yeah. Rosie, yeah, she was, she was a... A, a, fun, a fun friend she's fun she's super fun i'm very excited and then we'll probably also get uh some references to aaron and lena in the book so i'm excited for oh that. yeah i hope so i hope so yeah and yeah oh yeah because yeah because uh, yeah because again the romance will be will be between Ro- rosie and lucas and because she notices him like she i think on social media or something like that and she sees a picture of him, and she points him out, like, "Hey, like, you know, can you set me up with him?" Which, uh, which Lena ends up being against. And I think doesn't he also yes, go missing? So he we'll, goes missing, we'll... right? From from the wedding, he goes missing. Like he's not in the wedding, I think. Oh he... yeah, yeah. Right. What was that? Yeah. So I forget. I forget the reason why. I don't. I don't even remember if they give a specific reason for why he what for why he disappeared. For why I he don't wasn't... think so either. But MIA. that will be. F- fun to see lena like facilitate that mm-hmm. yes. or whatever happens yes. yeah and ho- hopefully get get uh, get get an explanation for why he wasn't at the wedding yeah i'm sure it, i'm sure i'm sure we'll hear the story yes <laughs> and 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 then and then we have an interaction between lena and gerald where he was like being gross and he was saying things are easy for gold to ask nicely and then he was like oh i'm just chatting honey but so it's yeah. like again, again, he's dismissing he's dismissing the weight of what he said, and then also calls it honey again. It's like another another patronizing nickname. Yeah, when she has already said, "Please don't call me that. Call me by my name." He's asking about how difficult it was to plan um, that like mixer that she was originally tasked with. Um, mm. at, so like just really um, downplaying her intelligence. Um, yes and her her capabilities and then um it escalates um because he brings up aaron mm-hmm. yes and 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 then, and then and that, it, it, it even progresses to lena and aaron like 
they eventually break up at this point. Yeah, so I was like, here's the here's the classic the conflict. Uh, yes, the romance like uh will they won't they get back together. So yeah, they break up. Rosie supports her because again, Aaron doesn't seem to understand the like fatal repercussions of Yeah, with uh, again like, again, you know, dig it no deeper into that. You know, let's let's focus somewhat and Yes, yes, because it's like he's an empathetic person if if oh, yeah, there was very. more like it sucks when the person has to explain why that's problematic. Like you don't want to put that emotional labor on that person. But like yeah, it just sucked that he just like he was he was confused at why she would be like devastated and scared. And it's like, um, you should you know the story between her and Daniel. You know you should know about like women in a workplace, especially an engineering firm. Yes. Um and, and, and yeah, and that, yeah. that's why that that narrative thread does feel incomplete. You know? Yes, 100%. So, yeah, she goes and watches a movie with Rosie. And, um, and, yeah, we find out where he goes. But, yeah, that was kind of a bummer to me. Um, yeah, that there just wasn't more empathy of why she would be really scared to when he was like, oh, just like basically like just brush it off. And she was like. No, I actually like can't like. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and then Aaron, Aaron ends up uh, going missing for a few days. Like he's not he's not showing up in Intech, and so we we got we we got that coming up. And then, uh, one of Lena's coworkers advises her to file a complaint against Gerald. And it yes. turns out like plenty of colleagues, as it turns out, have been supporting Lena. Which yes, is you. yes, yes. That's why it's it's important. I know that there's many reasons why people don't, and it, it's always your choice, and it's super valid to to whatever path you choose. Um, but this is one of the benefits of coming forward with information like this is that it can be a pattern, um, and other people may be experiencing similar things. And um, then action can can happen. Consequences can can happen um when you move forward but also super valid if you don't because there are a billion reasons why people choose not to report these types of things and both options are valid yes yes definitely and and then we also learned that the reason Aaron has been gone is because his dad has cancer and like he, he and he, he's been in, in a critical state Yes. Okay. Just wait. Are there? Can you remind me? Um. Did the HR person tell Lena? Uh. Who told Lena about the dad? Oh. Oh. I do not remember because I just have to. I'm looking at my notes right now, and like I even have a paragraph where the revelation, where the reveal happens about his dad having cancer. But I don't have the notes as to who actually says that. It's just a, a she, like she finally says. I, like, I completely it forget the, what it was. I'm pretty sure it was the HR was it, manager. Was it Sharon? Be, 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 be I Sharon, think it was Sharon. Sharon? I think okay. it was Sharon. And I was kind of like, is that your information? Sorry, I'm really picking apart that. I was like, is that your information to disclose? Like, like probably not. Like someone's medical, like 
family stuff so yeah probably not yeah but whatever she finds out that he's in seattle um with his dad because um he his dad is not doing well mm-hmm. yes and then and and that's when she ends up yeah flying over to seattle and 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 she professes her love for him and they connect and and and, and then also aaron ends up like he, he we we find out that he understands the agony that his dad underwent after losing uh, the mom a- after she passed away, and you know it, it, like it doesn't excuse the dad abandoning Aaron and just like and kind of like, again letting the distance grow between them, but I think it's interesting how Aaron is able to sympathize with his dad now at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it and gives the, Aaron the, the grief he was undergoing. Yes, it gives him some more insight of what was happening. And yeah, it doesn't mitigate the impact, but it brings some sense of closure. Yes. And then all, and, the, and the mom, her name was, was, was Dorothea. And, and, and then I liked it when, when Lena and Aaron, they talked to his dad, Richard, in the hospital room. And Richard called, uh, called Lena your Thea. Yeah, is this your Thea? And like, it was obvious that he was talking about her probably for the, the few days that he was there prior to this. And I was like, yes. that's freaking cute. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's really cute. I know. And, and, and even how, and then because, because Lena, Lena would talk to Aaron and she would reveal like how she knew that he would be in Seattle. And, and so he, like she, she was go- you know googling up his information, and that's how she was able to track him down and find him, and you know w- w- retain the information that he had told her again about being in Seattle and her dad being there. And I, I like that. Me too. Me too. Me too. I'll be thinking about them when I'm there next week. <laughs> and and there's even a, a quote where she's like, "I would have turned the city upside down if I hadn't found you. I wouldn't have rested until I got to you." Yeah, that's cute. It was very cute. Yeah, I like this part in the book. Yeah. Yes, and 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 Aaron says, and Aaron says, "This is a woman I plan on spending the rest of my life with. I'm not letting go of her anytime soon." Yeah. Again, huge confessions for people that have dated for like literally a week. But whatever. It, yes. <laughs> it was cute. And now we come up to the epilogue. It's one year later. And it's at an in-tech meeting, and we find out that there was an Asia investigation, and it was digging into Gerald's sexual misconduct, and he had finally been fired. And 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 and, and then Rosie, Rosie got promoted to in play in place of Gerald. Love it, love that for Rosie. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, just kick out Gerald. Yeah. Yes, what a happy ending. And then we find out that Catalina's parents are coming to the States. Yes. And yeah, they're going to flying over for the first time. And I, I, I like the scene when, when Aaron, he stops the elevator to make out with Lena for a minute. Yeah, that was super cute. He yeah, pulls the, the lever to make it stop. And he's like, we have three minutes before like you know, the fire department's, like, notified and stuff like that. So yes. that was really cute. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do what I really want to do in three minutes. So we'll have to, like, table this for later. And I was like, 
Yeah, that's that's a good line. <laughs> I love I love that. I know. I feel like I I, I I can't recall a specific scene from other books, but I'm like, yeah, I feel like it, I've read to sort of sing in other romances. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. It was cute. It was cute. Risky, but cute. Yes. And then, the, and yeah, the Martin family are flying over to the U.S. for the first time, and Lena and Aaron they rented a place in Montauk for the week, weekend. So the family can stay in it. And as, as I said before, like Richard, he's still alive and he has a caregiver now. And, and I, I like how the, the, the epilogue ends when Aaron is like, we are ended together for the long run. And that's the, the final sentence. Mm-hmm. And the book ends right there. Yeah, happily ever after. Yes. And I, I, also, do, I also appreciated that it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't end with a, a, a proposal or I'm getting married. Not that I'm not into the romances, it do end with the you know, proposals or weddings, but I also, I, I, I like it when the couples are just together, you know, it's not like they yeah. need to rush on to the next stage. 100% because, yeah, it's only been a year of dating, so yes. yeah, it makes sense that they'd want to continue to date, and I wonder if we, I don't know much about the Rosie book, but I wonder if, like, again, maybe they're engaged or... Oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. funny, I was actually just, it's funny because I just came off of reading the, the third the third book in the Risen and the Stars series by Alexandria Bellafleur. And just and, and that third book, it does feature the wedding of the it features the wedding that takes place around the MCs from the first book. I love that. That's again one of my main um like the one of the main benefits of reading romance novels is you get to check in on these couples that you really enjoy so i'm hoping yeah and, 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 and oh yeah and then the mcs from the second book also like they both got married too in the, in the third book it was like wrapping up and and then even and then yeah and then the, the third couple and the, the third book they also got proposed they weren't i love that yeah i love that yeah that's oh, so whole bunch fun. of whole bunch of marriages, marriages and proposals but yeah i do like that <laughs> yeah, yeah just, me like, too because also like yeah it gives you it gives you more time with the other couple too, because they were specifically in Resident Evil Stars, like the MCs, they were all like this interconnected group of friends. So yes, when yes. You, so you're like, it's like, oh, you read about the couple from the first book, and then they they pop, they continue to pop up in the sequels. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll the, get like an Isabel and Gonzalo prequel or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I, again, like, as much as, you know, we were uh, taking apart some of the, some of our gripes with the book, you know, so I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Same, so, same. A strong 70. Yes, exactly. Like, there was a few things I would have liked um, expanded on and touched on a little bit more. And again, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the pacing. Um because yeah the 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 last third is is like critical but a little bit rushed and um but overall super enjoyable read i actually would recommend it to other people it wouldn't wouldn't be the first book i recommend but like definitely read it and Mm -hmm. i will read the second one i'm looking forward to that so yeah yeah. the american roommate experiments definitely i'm ready Uh, all right well uh do you have any more thoughts on the book? I think that's it. I think that's it. I I, lo- I just did a quick scan of my notes. We covered everything I wrote down. So cool, cool. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well then, uh, let's move on to good word. 
Now, this is a segment where we each get to recommend something, a book, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, you know, etc. Anything we want. So, Tori, what is your good word? Yes, I wanted to stick with the romance novel theme. My favorite book of 2022 so far has been Skin of the Night by C.K. Bennett. Have you read it? Skin of the Night? No, I have not. But I... Wait... Okay. The, the title sounds familiar. I'm, I'm looking it up right now because I, I might recognize the book cover. Let me see. I Yes, you probably have because it had like quite a bit of hubbub on TikTok, well, which I guess you don't have, but maybe that's spilled into okay, I, social media. I, I've, definitely, I've definitely seen this cover before, yes. yes I'm looking at the book cover really right now. It's really good. It, it is... Um, and I don't know how to define this because I'm like a new romance reader, but like... It's it's definitely a different type of romance book than um, than like ones like the Spanish Love Deception. Like it's um, it's just more maybe more character driven. More yeah, maybe more character driven. There's just more time spent on each character and their development. But it's really good. It's about. I'll just say a brief synopsis. It's about two lawyers. They live somewhere, I think, in like England. Um, and it just follows their relationship. And there is a second book I can't even remember, but it was also excellent. And it ends on a great cliffhanger. And there's a third one coming out, I think, this summer. Um, and it's written by a lawyer. Um who was a romance reader and I think she even has like a second series coming out um and I just I couldn't put it down it was really it was great the um relationship was interesting the characters were interesting um what happens in the book is really interesting and um the sex also really great all right that's good that's good and okay so so the American Roommate Experiment is such on Goodreads that it will be pub- expected publication is August 18. Ooh, 2022. Mark your calendars. Yes. All right. And as for me, my good word is going to be Netflix's The Power of a Dog. This is oh. a movie I, that I just, I just saw. And ha- what about you? Have you seen it yet? No, but it's the one with Channing Tatum, right? Oh, no, no, no. This is a Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh he, darn! Okay, yes. Okay, I I don't know. So tell me all about it. So uh, this is kind of thing where it's like I can't really talk about the plot that much without giving yes. way too many spoilers. I'll just say it's an it's it's an American Western uh, psychological drama, and it follows these two brothers who own this ranch, and the brothers are played by Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons ends up burying. Uh, ends up bearing this this, this uh, widower played by uh, Kirsten Dunst. So she and her son end up coming over to the to the ranch. And there's a whole and, and then there's, a, there's some interesting stuff that happens a- after that. And okay. I I found this to be a, a fascinating movie to watch. And I I I've been he- I've been hearing about people praising this since it came out back in December. So it, it was on my watch list for a while. I finally saw this just last week. I'm actually planning. To, I I really want to cover this cover this in the podcast in the future because I just think there's so much to break down here and the way it, the movie can be interpreted. But 
unfortunately, it's like I'm looking at my schedule and I'm just like, uh, like I, I'm already booked a couple months in advance. Uh, I'm also having trouble finding finding guests to actually do this episode, which is like weird. I'm like, wait, tell the dog. Don't people want don't people want to talk about this talk movie about with it. me? But but yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna cover this cover this in the future. But I just want to recommend this now because I really think people should watch it. You know it. I would say I would say this. I think it does. It's interesting the way that it breaks down gender dynamics and particularly masculinity. The way it focuses on that. The way it focuses on other uh, spoilery elements. And it's just I, I'm really excited. I'm I'm planning to rewatch this in the near future. I think this is a movie where, where like I'm just thinking back on it, and I'm just like, oh wait. Now that I know how it ends, I can view certain scenes in a different mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I know I'm being really vague about it, but I feel like I have to do that because like I ha- I have to do that because otherwise I'll give a lot of stuff away. I would recommend like if I would recommend watching this without uh, seeing the trailers. Okay, like, yes, yes. Because I feel like even the tra- I feel like even the main trailer for this movie does give a hint of something away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just glad to see that you know, like this is up for nominations, multiple, multiple Oscar nominations for, at for like best picture, best director, best actor for Benedict Cumberbatch, and best supporting actors for Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee, best leading, best supporting actress for Kirsten Dunst. Yes, and I'm so here for Kirsten Dunst. Um, I know revival. It's, I know. I, I I was talking about this with my mom recently, and. It's, just, it's like she's been in Hollywood for a long time. Yes. Yeah. She's such a, I feel like she's been so underrated and so under. Even in Jumanji. She was like, she was like a kid in Jumanji. 100%. So yeah, I'm stoked and- for that. Yeah. Okay. I'll add it to my, is a TBW list a thing? <laughs> my to, to be TB, watched TB, TB, TB watched. <laughs> yes, yes, love it. Yeah, you sold me. TV, yeah, TBW pile. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. that's teetering for me too. Same, 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 same. Yes. Yeah, I just, I just knocked another one off of that pile with "Marry Me." I finally got around to watching that on Peacock. Oh, that's on my list too. That's on my list too. I, um, I wasn't gonna watch it, but then one of my friends was like, "It's really cute." So yeah, it's... I, had, I, had, I had a lot of fun. You know what? It's like it's, 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 it's definitely corny. But it's strongly corny. A lot of people have been calling this like a throwback to the good old like '90s slash 2000s rom-coms, and I definitely yes. agree with that opinion. And that's why I have to watch it. I love Jennifer Lopez rom-com, so yes. I, I'm surprised it hasn't been on my um, like that. I haven't watched it in the last couple of weeks, but it, the Owen Wilson part of it was throwing me off. But it is on my my. <laughs> TBW. Yeah, Owen Wilson. I feel like he's been having kind of a, a revival as well, especially yeah. with with, Lo- with Loki. And yeah, had a few years off, and then yeah, he's in his his um, comeback era. Yes, and oh, and then even even a Ven and Fraser. I know we're, get, we're getting off topic, but I just want to I just want to say that Ben and Fraser, like he's also having his own renaissance as well. The the Fraser science. Just wait, is Brendan Fraser? Is he from Buffy? No, he's in the Mummy. Oh, okay, the... okay. I'm thinking of someone else, <laughs> but love that for him. <laughs> yes, yes. 
All right. Well, those are all good words. And now, uh, Tori, you, you want to plug your socials, plug your podcast, let people yes. find you. Yes, you can listen to Ready to Be Petty on all podcast platforms, and you can follow me on socials at RTBP Podcast. All right, and as and as for me, you can find this podcast on Twitter at two underscore sense critic, and my personal Twitter account is at Arthur underscore and eighteen. If you want to email me, you can do that at email two sense critic at yahoo.com. And you can check out my blog at twocentscritic.com. And you can also find me on Goodreads at Arthur Howell and GoodPods and Storygraph at Arthur underscore Ant18. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, all, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also give the star rating on Spotify as well. And yeah, and thank you so much, Tori, for coming on here to talk about the Spanish love perception. I really enjoyed this time with you. Same. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I thought we talked about so many good topics, and it was a pleasure. Yes, definitely. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. <laughs>